Still, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors of Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Archery Geek Custom Strings. Use promo code R2R to save 15% out at checkout. Bow and Arrow Shop. Make sure you guys check out Bruce and the boys down at Lakeside, California for all your archery equipment and hunting gear needs. Right to Bear Arms. Located in Alpine, California, hit Drew and Trent up for all your firearm needs. Tricer USA. The lightest and fastest glassing system on the market. Use promo code R2R to save 15% off at checkout. Alrighty, guys. Hey, check it out, man. I, dude, every time I listen to that intro, it's uh, it's pretty amazing how that all that intro is self-recorded. Like that bugle was done by Spencer Lily White. Oh, I shot a fork. Was Brian right next to me, sitting right next to me? And Bill, we fucked up. We fucked up bad. That was me. <laughs> that always and, makes me laugh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That was a, that was a twenty twenty opener of D sixteen. We climbed to Death Mountain and. Uh, Nothing but we, bushes. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> right. horrible, and we were sitting around in Common camp. Common theme around here. Yeah, we were sitting around in camp, and dude, I was trying to record like a like a semi live series that we ended up doing. But anyways, uh, it, it, we just pulled a clip from it, and we just all put that together thanks to our tech guy Ryan. But hey, guys, check it out real quick. We are outside right now um, at the only Southern California guide service that I know of, SoCal Outfitter. That's right. Give it a shot, bud. Show, tell us who you are, what you're about. Tell the listeners, bud. Yeah, um, <clears throat> my name's Blaine Jackson. I run uh, SoCal Outfitters. Uh, we do a handful of different hunts in Southern California, uh, primarily waterfowl, and uh, I book hunts for a for a ranch up near Paso Robles. Uh, they do pig hunts up there, uh, and I mess around a little bit with guiding deer hunters, mostly new guys who are either new to the area or, you know. They've been hunting for five years or whatever, and they haven't even seen a buck yet, you know, and they get desperate, and they call yeah. me, and I help them out a little bit, so. Happens more often than not, huh? Yeah, it sure does, man. It's a it's a tough place to uh, try and make a name for yourself as far as deer hunting goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Brian, Brian, uh, Brian was the reason why, I mean, I had heard of you a handful of times. Like, this yeah. is no joke. I had heard of you, and since I'm not on the social media game, it was just, like, in passing, you know, and uh, you – you're pretty big in the duck hunting area. Like yeah. uh, a lot of guys know of you, you know, banging ducks. Yeah. Big time. And then, you know, as people had talked about you, obviously they had explained more and more about what you're doing. And I, I think it's cool, man. Yeah. it's. I really enjoy it. I tell you what, it's uh, it's a good way to make a little a little money and yeah. and uh, get new hunters out, which is, you know, seeing the look on their faces when they shoot their first duck or they yeah. get their first limit or whatever it is or yep. Or a lot of guys are looking for cinnamon teal. You know, I got guys flying in from across the country, and yeah. basically all they want to do is shoot a cinnamon teal. They don't care. Well, <clears throat> they don't care what it takes. Uh, I've got a two-person minimum right. on my guide fees, and sometimes I'll just get one guy show up. He goes, "I don't care. I'll pay for pay for two people." Really? Oh yeah. Well, wow. cinnamon teal is a big deal. Yeah, all for the back east guys for sure. They just don't get them out there. <clears throat> they just don't get them. Yeah. And uh, so you know, guys are trying to get the waterfowl slam and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And really, they've got two options, or I, I guess three options. They can come out here and try and do it on their own. Uh, they can take their chances with the cartel in Mexico, or yeah. they can hunt with me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had heard of you because I, 
back in the day, I wanted to get into bass fishing, and I think you do bass fishing also, right? Uh, we don't do bass fishing anymore. Oh, no, okay. No, no. Um, oh, well, you know, you did, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I I, uh, I used to live on the water. Dude. Yeah. But I kind of, the mountains called me, and, and uh, you know, you only get uh, so many paychecks in a month, and I kind of had to, you know, choose which one I wanted to put my time and money into. Right. Yeah. So. Dude, I shit you not. Like, I used to be a big-time fisherman. Like, I, I got a buddy that still fishes every weekend, man. Like, yeah. all his time off, he's still on the water all the time. He always hits me up, man, when are you going to come out? It's like, dude, go shoot your first limit of ducks. Yeah, go see shoot, what that feels yeah, like. You know what I mean? Go, yeah. go, like, go come with me. Get your license and come with me. And he he, he won't do it. Like, he's just, ah, whatever. Okay, I get it. But I'm like you, man. The mountains, the mountains call me. Right. And it's really weird that yeah. I was basically fishing my entire life. You know, I trout fish bass fish. Uh, dude, I loved it, right? And and all of a sudden, like I got into hunting. Yeah. And then it was like all of that can go to the wayside. Right. Like it, it's really weird. Like I don't even if it's if it's hunting season, don't even ask me. Right. Hunting season yeah. just takes over everything. It takes dude. everything, yeah. man. Like it's my second wife. Yeah. You know no, what yeah. I mean? I'm with you, man. I swear. It's it's wild, you know? Yeah. It's insane how that whole works out. But yeah. Something about it, yeah, just being on the water or or yeah, trying to figure an animal out. A lot of that stuff kind of translates over from from bass fishing, especially. You know, just kind of the way you approach the game and trying to figure animals out, trying to figure fish out. You know, what time of year is it? You know, what are the fish doing? You know, what are the deer doing? What are the ducks doing? Yep. Um, I know you don't guide for fish anymore, but do you ever get out just by yourself or every now and then? What? Basically now, I mean, I still got my duck boat. I got a trolling motor in the front, so yeah, you know, when the time's right, I'll take it out and, yeah. and throw some big baits and basically just throw for the fences. Yeah. You know, I, I I try not to pick up the drop shot. You know, I just I basically want, I basically want to go when I can take my flipping stick and my frog rod and and my swim bait rod and do some damage. You know, so but, you're either you're either pre spawn or cold water. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, pretty much just pre-spawn. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, cold yeah. water, I'm cold like, water. Nah, nah. So, yeah, when, when it's good, I'll go. Man, what chaps my ass about fishing nowadays is, like, if you get on YouTube and you, like, tactical bass in, all these dudes, man, they're right. up in, like, Clear Lake, all right. up north, and they're just slamming 10-pounders, yeah. swim baiting on the bottom, you know, and they, they teach you how to do it, yeah. you know, and I like, I like what I see, right? Like, yeah. I like seeing that kind of stuff, but the reality right. of it is when you get – that big old rod in your hand, man, and, right. and you're just bombing a hundred dollar swim bait. Takes about an hour, and you're over it. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> right. man, you're you're doing three yeah. cranks a minute right. on the bottom yeah. with a, you know, with a forty dollar. Just like tactical bassin said, yep. all day, all day. <laughs> you know? But it's you know it it works though, and right. if you're addicted right. to fishing, you know, watch YouTube, and if you're trying to do some damage, like you said, man, there's certain times of the year that you can really do it. Takes yep. patience, time, and just dedication. And you got to build your confidence. I think that's yep. probably the one of the biggest things, you know, it, it's hard to throw a bait you never caught a fish on before. Yeah. Dude, you know? I, I couldn't catch a bass with an artificial to save my life, dude. The only thing I was able to catch with those artificial jig, jig baits or all that stuff, I never really got into it, was uh, crappie. You, crappie? Crappie. Yeah. I, I know, but it's spelled <laughs> it's, crappie. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Either way. They taste good. Yeah, yeah they're good fish, man. Yeah. Dude, it's, uh, I feel as if, and I might get some hate for this, you know, but I feel as if fishing is like one of the, the fishing is one of the things that, like, how do I put this into perspective? Like, hunting, you can go buy a budget rifle. You put budget optics on it. You can right. get a set of budget binoculars and go pound pound enough dirt, and you'll get into it. 
right? right. And, you can, and you can lay animals down. Yeah. Fishing, I feel like, is more or less like that doesn't fly in fishing. Like, you really got to spend money on gear, dude. So, Southern California fishing, it's like the fish know. The water's clear. Dude, that's it. You know, they're like, you got cheap mono. Yeah. You got I, mono on there, dude? dude you better, nah, I'm yeah. not biting that. Yeah, you better have floral on that. Right, You know what right. I mean? Like, it, yeah. And, and that's how I feel. And it's kind of, it just is more difficult. You don't see, yeah. you don't see, you know, the FLW coming here. No. Like, like you don't see that for a reason. No. Kevin Van Dam ain't hanging out at Lake right. Hodges for right. a reason. Yeah. I mean, and Hodges is good. Yeah, but you know, you go to can o- be good. Well, it can be good. Yeah, it can th- be good. That's what I'm saying, though. You know, like yeah, no, this is a Southern California. Just I mean, the lakes, the mountains, everything. If you can figure out how to uh, how to catch a nice bag of bass here, if you can figure out how to punch a deer tag, kill a turkey. Shoot a limit of ducks, whatever it is. If you can do it here, you can do it anywhere because, I mean, you've got the animals you're, you're obviously competing against. You've got people you're competing against. You've got super tough conditions uh, between the clear water, the thick brush, the lack of hunting space, the lack of weather as far as duck hunting goes. Yeah. You know, it's bluebird skies most of the season. Yep, It's just a tough place to do do anything outdoors and you know if you guys have new listeners on the podcast which it sounds like you do yeah you know that's just something it's you know don't pack it in because it's hard it's just where you know it's just where where we live man but if you can figure it out here dude like like i told you brian yeah you can do it anywhere you know yeah it it all it'll just yeah it's it's everybody else the rest of the country's got a lot better than we do believe me the common theme with guests on the podcast and like what we preach is yeah i mean i I shit you not if you can do it here you can do it anywhere right if you're if you're proficient here right like if you're not even killing you're just getting into deer right if you can find deer in southern california yeah bro you're gonna be stud out of state yeah you know what i mean (laughs) it's true and if you can catch fish in our in our you know clear ass water you know what I mean, and right. and overfish because I mean there's good fishing here for sure. Yeah, like it's, it's but it's all, like you said, it's overfished. It's overfished. It's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to find a spot that somebody else hasn't fished that day. Yeah, dude. Or the day before. Yeah, you they, know they're seeing baits every day, and people yeah. go, "Oh, they're just dumb fish." Well, right. you know they're dumb to a point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. So if you can hammer fish here, like my fishing buddy, uh, Carlos, he he don't even listen to this podcast, but anyways, uh, he probably should. <laughs> He'd probably be happy once in his life. Anyways, <laughs> he went to Florida, dude, and he's out there just, and he hammers fish here. Right. But he was like, Brandon, like, unbelievable out there. Yeah. Like, it's January, and he's like, it is unbelievable out there what it's like. Right. And, and it's wild. I yeah, even the it. Delta. I So I went to Sacramento State, and uh, while I was up there, I bought a fishing ski for $2,000, mm-hmm. and uh I had my truck, and I was just, you know, on the weekends. Part of the reason why it took me so long to graduate, I was, <laughs> I, I was on the Delta. I was on the Delta, you know, every weekend. I was skipping class. Too busy you know, having fun. Going fishing, dude. And, you know, and I always fished before. You know, I going through high school, you know, me and my buddies, we'd, we'd hang out the night before, and we'd all get up early and, and jump on charter boats, and, you know, we'd sneak into ponds, and, oh, yeah. you know, we, yeah, being we, kids. we were all about it, being kids. Yeah. But when I got up there, and I started fishing the Delta, I think they say there was like 2,000 miles of shoreline or something like that up on mm-hmm. the Delta. 
And it was just, you know, the first time I went, I got lost. I had to ask for directions back to the <laughs> marina. You know, it's like, how do you get lost? That's crazy. You know, because I was used to coming out in the lakes here. You know, we used to rent boats at yeah. Diamond Valley and all mm-hmm. that stuff and go fishing. And, uh, you know, Margarita Mutilator all yeah. day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got up there, dude, and I, I just, I mean, I, I just took off with it. I just, I didn't want to do anything but bass fish. Right. Because there was that, there was that, um that sense of adventure when you hit the water, you know, I knew I could go find a spot. Nobody else had fished and who knows how long, you know, I could, you know, you're, you're cutting through those canals and Mm. and the river spaces and hitting different lakes and different stretches of tule patches and all that stuff, dude. It was great, you know, and I I just fell in love with it. So I brought that, I brought my, you know, so I was up there for a few years and I, I brought my passion, passion for bass fishing, uh, that had kind of developed, in Northern California and I brought it down here and it just kind of slowly, slowly went down, you know, like (laughs) I was was like, uh, you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love bass fishing, but, uh, can only take some, you know, now. Yeah. You know, just the competition for space is, you know, obviously I live out here in Valley center. I got, I got my acres and my, my space. I can shoot my guns in the backyard and and that kind of stuff. And I, I guess I'm just not a fan of the, uh, the competition for space and being overcrowded, especially yeah. when you're, you're trying to enjoy the outdoors, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's so. uh, I, I fish a lot when I fish now, I fish a lot of ponds. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And it's, you know, a lot of the ponds I hammer up in, up in Temecula, they get hammered hard. Yeah. But it's still different than like rolling out to a city lake. Right. You know, where they're getting hammered every day yeah. of the year. Right. right. And they're they're getting baits thrown at them every day. Yeah. But what I what I've found, man, is like I I like fishing cold water now. Like I, summertime I don't want to go stand out in the sun when it's hundred and five. Right. right. Just cook you know, out there. Yeah, and just cook. I don't I don't like I don't want to be fishing super windy conditions. I want like what I really want is Blue sky, like bluebird sky days. Yeah, you know, deep water, mm-hmm. cold, and mm-hmm. I wanna, I wanna throw like a seven or an eight inch zoom, zoom worm on a shaky head. Nice, bomb it out there as far as you can. Let right. it hit the bottom, and let that shaky head just stand that worm up. Right, and right. just sit there and let the current or whatever's going on down there. Yeah, and just wait for the tap. Right, you know, my buddy calls like, dude, you need to slow down fishing, like. I've been so hyper my entire life. Right. Like ADD left. I was going to say that sounds pretty slow, but you're like, talking before you started fishing that way. C- correct. Got it. Like got it. super, yeah. super hyper. I'd love trout fishing, but I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't like power bait it, you know, like rooster mo- or like Thomas buoyants and rooster tails and power worms, like right. Carolina rigging style, you know, yeah. like just like power constantly, fishing. yeah, just constantly fishing yeah. the entire time. And, uh, that's just kind of how I transitioned into bass fishing and, and it worked great. And, but now dude, I, I'm like, when I go fish, I want to be on the front of a boat with a trolling motor. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I do. Like, yeah, you spoil yourself yeah, and there's no going back. There's no going back, right? Man. And, yeah. and all my boys that fish, man, they're like, God, man, when'd you come so bougie? I'm like, right. Dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just the way. Time is precious, dude. It, it if is. you're gonna go fishing, do it right. Yeah. You know, or do it the best you can. How about yeah. that? Maybe but, not to say, you know, you know beating the bank or whatever they call it is there's anything wrong with that but right you know if you got the means you might as well do it yeah i mean do it, do it the best you can every i could i can tell you this the dudes that are good at fishing can catch fish like catch bass year round right the ones that are good can do it year round yep and i have tons of buddies that do it and man when i when i fish with those guys it's like 
I used to keep up with them because as when I quit, their skills kept going. Right, right. And they're they're screaming good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I used to fish with Temecula bass. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing the the consistency some of those guys had. Yeah. You know, I won a few tournaments and and uh, you know big fishes and all that stuff and and placed a few times and all that good stuff. But man, those some of those guys were just so dang consistent, you know. And you'd ask them what they were doing; they're doing the same thing as you, you know. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, motion of the ocean, I guess. I, but you know, they, yeah. know, they knew how to put it out there. They just, they're just, right. they're. Uh, what's the word? It's. Uh, I'm just not even being able to think of it. They're just. It's patience, but it's also consistency. Patience. Patience here is a. It's I mean, a virtue. Well, being able to show up to the lake know there's fish in an area and not just fish it once and then leave. Yeah. You know, like if you know there's fish there and again, going back to confidence, you know, and, and you can work an area, put the power poles down or, or set yourself up where you're just like, I'm, I know this, I know there's a good fish in here. Right. And then just sit there and work it, you know, this sounds That's, a lot like deer hunting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, it, like I said, it, it all, it all relates to each other, you know, figuring animals out. Yeah. And, yeah. Patience in the field. It, what blows my mind is my buddies, they'll tell me, uh, dude, cold water, get up next to Thule's, right? Yeah. And you're not going to catch, like, monster fish, but he's like, get up next to Thule's mm-hmm. and throw jerk baits. Oh, yeah. You get that reaction bite, yeah. like a bad habit. And he's oh, like, yeah. man, you if you get hit on a jerk bait, you're coming back with a fish. Now, yeah. There's three troubles on this home, dude. <laughs> well, you know it could I mean? be the difference between, hey, are you using, are you when you're swinging that jerk bait, are you swinging it side-armed? Are you swinging it yeah. straight up? Or oh, yeah. Are you pulling your rod tip down? Yep. You know, and if, if you're not doing it, yeah, it moves the bait differently. Mm-hmm. And if you're not if you're not jerking that thing in the right direction, you know, you're not going to get bit. Yeah, it's wild, man. And maybe not some places. Yeah, but I, here, dude, here, here for that's sure. the way it is. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. It, and it's there's so much skill that goes into it. Yeah, you know for sure. But listen, man, there's an elephant in the room right now, and I need to get it answered, bro. You got is there three or four dogs over there? There's four four dogs in the kennel, two in the house, dude. Them. Straight hound dogs, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those, those aren't, uh, yeah. I don't think them are like, uh, you know, those aren't golden retrievers, bro. No, no. man. Yeah, they're a little wiped <laughs> out. I was, I was out uh, getting some exercise this morning. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's uh, the hounds, man. What do I say about the hounds? I started off with the one in the far kennel. Okay. Well, actually, you know, I'll go back a little bit further. I started off with this brindle dog here. He's a uh, half pit half uh german short hair yeah so right real quick when i rolled up yeah like honestly when i rolled up i was like watch out for that one i was like yeah that's a catch dog yeah yeah that's a catch dog he's my do-it-all dog man okay uh so yeah i started off with him um i had a my old girl who's in the house she's a mutt too you know she's got a little bulldog little lab little Mm -hmm. mastiff yeah and uh so I started off with her, and she just, you know, she's not your typical yeah, typical hunting dog. But, you know, if they got the drive, mm-hmm. and they want to hunt. Prey drive. Dude, just take them. Yeah, you just just take, them. take them. As long as, long as they got the hunt, yep. you know, it's like, may not be pretty, mm-hmm. but that dog hunted, right? Yep. So she got old, and uh, I got the uh, the pit pointer over there. And first thing I taught him was the blood trail. Really? And I, yeah. First thing I taught him, he... he uh, I mean, it's almost it, it almost seems instinctual now when he gets his tracking harness on. Oh, like, really? I put his harness on. It's like that light it, switch. It's go like, time. Bam! Puts his nose to the ground mm. and he starts pulling. He starts looking for blood. 
and, and it's uh, I can show you guys when we're done here. But yeah, I mean it's it's a light switch. It's the harness. He knows the harness means we're tracking a deer. Yeah, yeah. So I started him first, and I kind of had a good time with it. You know, we recovered a couple deer. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I maybe I want to get a hound dog. You know, yeah. this this tracking thing is kind of a good time. So I knew one guy. Uh, who had hounds? I hit him up, and and uh, he he hadn't been doing much with hound dogs, but he had one dog that that he was like, ah, I got this one dog, you know. He's like, yeah, you can buy him off me. Right. So I was like, yeah, you know. So I I met up with him, picked him up, started training him, and uh, he was doing good. I I had a a fox hide. I don't, I don't know roadkill. I don't know if that's legal or not, but I had a I had a fox tail. You know, wasn't doing too much predator hunting. Anyway, I started training him, and uh, he he did pretty good. And then I I met a couple other people who ran Fox. I, I just want to throw a disclaimer in there yeah. real quick. Uh, that that was ten years ago, so statute of limitations oh, yeah. is done and over with. Yeah, that was more than ten years ago for sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I got started. I met some people, um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there, dude. Yeah. I you know I I got another dog, uh, and then just to run with him because he he didn't really like getting too many miles away from me on his own. Oh, okay. He'd kind of start coming back. Really? You know, he was young, too. You know, he was only, he was 10 months when like, I got him. Like, what are we talking away? How many miles or a mile away he start turning around type thing? You know, when I first got him, it, it was probably probably less than a mile. He'd start right. coming back. Okay. Well, he just well. didn't have the confidence. Right. You know, which I guess if you're thinking about bird dogs, that would seem like a lot of confidence to get that far away. That's pretty far. Yeah, but with hound dogs, I mean, they should not be thinking about you when they take off. Right. You know, they should mm -hmm. be thinking about catching game. Yeah. I actually have a couple questions about hound dogs, but yeah. I, I kind of want to hear your, I kind of want to hear the line, like, just because you got four dogs there. You got yeah. the one that you started with. One I started with, the one I got from my buddy, and then uh, I picked up another one uh, from out of state to run with him, and then turns out he doesn't make much noise on track. Mm. And I, I just I wasn't super confident he, that he was going to turn out. Right. And then one of the guys I had met uh, ended up giving me pick of the litter on on a on a breeding that he had, so I couldn't pass that up. And then, yeah. you know, next thing you know, I got, I got yeah. four dogs. Dude. You know, so yeah, so I got my kennel built up, and they got their little system, and and I shoot, I get them out. I'd probably hunt them once a week, and or hunt them, or or hunt, train, or exercise. Yeah. Uh, well, exercise. I mean, just about every day. Yeah. You know, I got, you got I got space back here and trails and stuff. So, um, but yeah, dude, I'm I'm still I'm still figuring it out. And I I hear from a lot of old timers that, you know, they're still figuring it out. And they've yeah. been doing it for thirty years. I'm you know I'm three years in, and I you know I, I got a handful of catches under my belt, and I've I've played around with them, you know, hunting pigs and stuff. Yeah. But the pigs are pretty rough on dogs, and yeah, I, and, yeah they get and, tore up. And, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not knocking anybody who runs pigs, you know, right. with dogs. You know, it's all good. They're working dogs. Um, but, you know, even those guys, they, they don't want their dogs getting hurt. You right. Know? Yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, it's a they got a dangerous job. I mean, this is what I can tell you about, like, game-bred dogs. Right. They, it, yeah, they get hurt, right? Like, yeah. you're, running, you're running pigs with dogs. They're going to get hurt. It is what it is. But, right. dude, when those dogs are running pigs, and you know this— they don't give a fuck. It's happiest day of their life, dude, man. They don't give a shit. Ha happiest like, day of their they life. They love it, man. Yeah. It's like my dog, dude. Uh, so I got, I got a pit lab mix. Okay. And we're running her today, man. We're out shed hunting, right? She'll yeah. pick them up when she comes across. On turkey opener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure turkey the turkey opener. hunters love that. Oh, well, yeah. It is what it is. Y'all, you turkey hunters. Oh, that was yesterday, my bad. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
you know, we're, we're out there and, and, and dude, this dog, she's my bird dog. Mm -hmm. She hunts quail, dove and duck. That's all. I've never run around pheasant, but she'll, she'll do fine. She'd pick it up. But dude, this dog, it doesn't matter. Like you got a duck down or a bird down the drive in that dog. It's like the, it's like a dog is a different dog when they, when they're on track, you know what I mean? Like when they're, I mean, when you're going into 10 foot tall, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like no, I do. Yeah. And, and that dog, they got a switch, man. Dude, when they know what their job is and it's time for them to perform. It, it's like, she, they, that's what she lives for. That's what they live for. That is literally what they live for. But yeah, so that's enough about my dog, but your dog, dude, I just saw that one on the corner, that white one. Yeah. He hopped up with his nuts on you run them with nuts. Oh yeah. They, it doesn't, they don't fight or nothing. Nah. I mean, some people advise against it, but I mean, I don't know. I got a pretty good handle on them. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I, there's moments where you could definitely tell they're thinking with their nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, dude, they, they know, you know, there's one leader of the pack. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's me. So generally yeah. speaking, that's how. Yeah. It, no, they're good. I, I, I've actually, I, I had one little, one little tussle between, uh, uh, the brindle dog and the white one one time and that's that's really the only problem i've ever had really yeah Dang, yeah man. no they're but you know the hounds are different you know they got that that pack mentality okay so they they want the pack yeah dog aggression won't fly with anybody breeding hounds so like oh, dog yeah. aggression does that normally happen when they're when they're all bunched up towards the the game you're after or you know it's that was what i was gonna ask so again I, i'm i'm still kind of a novice at this but from what i've seen it's when you're at the tree mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, it's in the box, you know. If you got different dogs riding in the back of the truck together, yeah, you know they don't they don't like each other uh, or or whatever it is, and they're you know packed real in there close, together, yeah. real close, nowhere to go. Every now and then you'll have problems there. Um, but at the tree, when all the dogs are just you know they're going ape shit, at what you know, whatever's in the tree. So they, they get aggressive. They they you know they they can't get the fox. They can't get the raccoon. And, and frustration. And they got that dog right next yep. to them. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, back off. And if that other dog comes back, and yeah. and they're you know, they're at level ten of their aggression, yeah. and you know they take it out on each other. But again, uh, I I had one dog who kind of when I was first training him, and we were playing around back here. You know, he showed some signs of they call it tree aggression, uh, or tree fighting, right? right? Uh, you know. But I got that out of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And, and, you know, the hounds are stubborn, man. You can't, they're not, they're not really normal dogs. Right. It's, uh, <clears throat> the first thing I tell people when they're asking about hounds is they go, how do you train them to do that? And I go, well, the funny thing is I didn't train them to do anything. I trained them what not to do. Right. Right. So the hounds, they will literally hunt everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. If they come across it and it smells good, they're going to hunt it. Yeah. And they're going to be gone. And they're, they're not going to stop until the, if a, a good dog will not stop until he gets to the end of that scent trail. Right. Do you, do you have like a recall button? Yeah. So I got the, you know, the GPS callers, which got banned and then they lifted the ban. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a couple years ago. And that, so that went, okay. On like my side of things, when that had happened, mm-hmm. it, it had worried me in a sense of like, Okay, that's going to take the correction out of your dog as well. Right. That that was kind of the funny thing about it because they, you know, the, the laws are so strict on what you can run with hounds. Um, but then by, you know, by eliminating the GPS callers, you eliminate the handler's ability to control his dogs. Correct. You know, because like I said, dude, a good hound's not going to stop until he gets to the end of that tree. Right. Or until he gets to the end of that that uh, that track. Yeah. So, you know, you take away the GPS callers and your dogs are running who knows what. Right. You know, and then the other thing is, I can, pro, 
I'm pretty accurate with being able to tell what the dogs are chasing just based off uh, the way the lines are showing up on the GPS. What about sound? Like, so, you know, yeah, it's got a tone. Track. No, no, I'm oh, saying like that. Oh. Like, these dogs are going You know, on. I've heard of guys who can who can tell what their dogs are opening on mm-hmm. based off their... Uh, yeah, I, I can kind of tell, I guess. So, I, I can make a guess, but I, I'm, I'm not there yet where, where I feel like, oh, you know. Yeah. They're running a deer, or they're running a fox, or right. a or, or whatever it is, you know. Because have you have you heard of Clay Newcomb? Yeah, yeah, I know. Him. I follow him. Oh, Bear Hunt Magazine. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. you know, he runs he runs dogs. As yeah, well. he's got those plot hounds. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He's big into him, coon hunting, big time. And he was yeah. saying that uh, I'm a big time follower of that guy now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing what that guy's all. He's yep. just awesome. Anyways, he was saying that like when his dogs break and like they and they're on track. He was saying that he could tell if they're on, like a coon or not, right? Just based on their their sound, right? And, and like a young dog and how it will like the tone changes, right? When when they're like excited, if they're getting closer, correct? Or, like yeah. it was it was yeah wild. all that yeah dude. There's I love it. I, I've and I, I don't know if we were recording when I said this earlier, but when I first started, I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was. I just I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't I didn't realize that there were going to be so many uh I guess the words nuances uh when it comes to hound hunting. Like right. as far as reading your dogs, yeah. you know, um you know, understanding understanding their habits, yeah. their hunting style, mm-hmm. you know, uh who's better at what, who opens on this, who opens on that. Um and you know, you'll hear this if you get into the hound game, but basically you're you're like the head coach and the recruiter of your own football team. Right. You know, you you are sitting back, you're you're putting your best players in the best positions. One dog's got one job. Yeah. You know, the other dog's got the other job like that. White dog's my I call him my strike dog because he smells everything. Yeah. He smells stuff. I you know, I've hunted with a handful of other packs and other guys are looking at me like, What is your dog opening up on? Or, yeah. or what's he barking at? You yeah. know? And I go, Oh, there's something there. Yeah. You know. And you go, you start looking for tracks, and sure enough, he's on something, but it's it's too old to catch. Yeah. He still smells it. So, but he's a good strike dog, you know. And then uh, I got another dog who's who's better at, at figuring figuring out stuff, or he's better at figuring out when foxes start doing tricky stuff. Uh-huh. They go over a rock pile and they run a circle around it and they spit out the other side. Yeah, you know, he's good at figuring that out. Yeah. Whereas that strike dog, he he says uh, or. or as we say, he stands on his head, right? <laughs> he stands on his head, and he's like, "It was here. It it the smell. It smells good here. It smells strong because maybe that fox did two circles around that rock pile, so right. he'll get stuck there." But I, you know, if you got one dog who's good at figuring out where that thing left, you know, and then and then he opens up a couple hundred yards away, and then the other one goes, "Oh, you're over there," and, and he picks up, break. and they all break, and they yep. go to him. Yeah, yeah, right. So you kind of have to. Yeah, so you got to think about the way you're building your pack. I mean, you're basically like recruiting a team. Yeah, you're recruiting a team for yeah. sure. And that's what they do say, man. They they it, it, no dog's a guarantee either. No. You're spending some money on some dogs, man. Well, you know, the thing is uh yeah, you spend money taking care of them. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you spend money trying to make them. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, hound dogs shouldn't go for more than 300 bucks. I'm just saying. I mean, out of the best bloodlines, maybe you'll pay 500. Okay. You know, but but as soon as soon as you could show somebody that, that dog hunts, He's worth fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand bucks, or, or you right. know, on up. And then, and then once that dog's made, you know, who, who knows how much somebody will pay for one? Yeah, they. Uh, 
on on the Stephen or on the Mediator podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Giannis Patella. He's got a dog named Mingus. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he's trying to make that dog, <laughs> and he's trying to, and he's like, yeah. "Man, I picked this thing up out of, out of the pound, you know." Right, and, right. And he's trying to get it to do it. But I guess he was running that dog with Clay Newcomb's dogs, uh-huh. and Clay's like. You know, because the way it's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. I yeah. can't really remember it all. But anyways, yeah. generally, it's, it's a it's a younger dog, and right. he's trying to get it, and it is starting to pick it up. And he, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a crapshoot because of the they don't know where he came from. Right. Clay Newcomb's like, I know where my dogs have come from for the past 200 years. Right. You know? And yeah. That, I mean, dude, that is a long yeah. time to know your bloodline of your dog. You kind of know what you're getting a, yeah. lot, a lot of times yeah. when, when you're buying a puppy. Yeah. You, you know. You know, like, hey, the, you know, these dogs are bred for this. Right. These dogs are bred for that, you know. And, uh, yeah, to get a dog from the pound like that, you really don't know. Dude, that's wild. You know, so you're it. just kind of, yeah, you kind of going for it. But, you know, it's cool. It, it kind of adds to the adventure, yeah. I guess. And that's what I did with my dog, man. I got her from a shelter. Right. And I, I just was throwing a, she was six months old. And I was throwing a ball for her. And she was hitting that ball at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, she would chase it and hit it. She wouldn't like try to catch it. She'd hit it, boom, and she'd yeah. bring it right back to me. And I was like, Yo, "This dog oh, got the drive. Like that. Like <laughs> that. This dog got the drive. Yeah. We're getting her." And then I just worked with that. And man, yeah. she's a great duck dog. You know, she's a great bird dog in general. Right. But you know, like you talk about nuances, right? Mm-hmm. Like on your dogs, like the things that like separate them from the other dog, and right, and the 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 behaviors that they have that you know you as a handler pick up on where your wife may not. Right. Like my old lady swears my dog doesn't get tired. And I'm like, I'm like, you're right. Around the house, the dog ain't never going to get tired. Right. Like, it's just not going to happen. Not, not enough there for it. Not, not enough. Yeah. We, we go on a five-mile hike. Five-mile, me and Brian are on looking mm-hmm. for sheds this morning, yeah. right? I mean, my dog's gone four times as far as we have. You know, they're all mm-hmm. over the place. But I was like, Brian, when this dog gets tired, man, you'll see it. Like, she can be on my ass. Like, Dad, let's go home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking out when this happens. But, like, it's those subtle nuances, like, those subtle behaviors yeah. that it only a handler will know. That's it, man. So, like, that's mm-hmm. why I say, you know, can you pick up the sound differences and stuff? Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, yeah, there's certain things, you know. It's, uh, shoot, we'll be here all day, man, if I start oh, dude. If I start getting into the details on, on, <laughs> I gotta, on each individual dog. I got to ask one. Uh, so, like, you said you can kind of tell what species they're they're yeah. on. Like, yeah. what, what sets apart? Like, I know you said you were barely getting into it and all, all that, but, uh, like, compa- a fox compared to another, like, a raccoon or... Well, I'll tell you now. Uh, I got one dog that won't even open on a fox track. Oh, really? He'll run it, but he won't. He won't make a sound. It's just. It's just not enough. He, he gets involved, you know, but he just. He won't even open up, mm-hmm. you know. But if he, like when I was breaking him off deer, you know, if he jumped a deer or saw a deer, you know, he was like a freight train. Oh yeah, he'd just blow up the forest. Just yep. oh, you know, <laughs> all the way through the forest, and I go, oh no, he's sung. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So every dog has a personality, and every dog likes certain things. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, dude. It's uh, it's just awesome. I, I, I've 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 really been enjoying it, and like I said, I've only been at it for a few years, but uh, I, it's pretty much consumed me at this point. Yeah. You know, everything else. I still want to do everything else. I still mm-hmm. want. I still want to hunt ducks. I still want to guide. I still want to go bass fishing. I jump on a cattle boat every yeah. now and then and fill the freezer. But uh, yeah, right now, dude, this is dogs this are is it. it. Dogs are it for me. I get, you know, I was Red Fern grows and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I grew up watching yeah. ho- hog dogs and quads on YouTube. <laughs> you know, like watching those guys and and just always being like, one day, dude, I'm gonna have a pack of dogs. And and uh, you know, moving out here was kind of uh, open that window for me, open yeah. that door for me. You know, because before, you know, you can't have hound dogs. Like these guys are. 
they're pretty chill right now because mm-hmm. you know they were out this morning uh, getting some exercise in and uh, but you know they, they can they can be pretty noisy yeah definitely, I, definitely not a neighborhood dog I was <laughs> gonna ask you, I was actually gonna ask you because you got these dogs kenneled up they're right. they're kennel dogs oh yeah well the Brenda one he goes in and out does he? he he's both but the hounds yeah dude they're not. They're not bred. For uh, I never even tried to give them house manners. <laughs> right. You know, uh, if they get hurt, I'll bring them inside. Yeah. Let them heal up. You know, I, I've had a couple of them get cut. That white dog went off a cliff last year. Oh, dang. Yeah, we had a, uh, we were hunting foxes at night, and, uh, dude, I, I, I took a guy I'd never been, a young guy. He's only like 18 or whatever, yeah. and I was like, yeah, come on, man. I'm going to I'm gonna show you the dog thing. Yeah. And uh, I think we probably dropped the dogs about 9 o'clock, and, and, Probably hit a track about ten thirty. We were out there till, shit, man, I don't know, two, three in the morning. Yeah. And I, I just go, I'm not calling them off. Yeah. Because they were on this thing. Yeah. You know, I could see it on, I could see it on the GPS. They were right behind it. It was doing, you know, start doing figure eights and circling back, and the yeah. dogs were just kicking ass, dude. And I was like, there's, no, I don't have the heart. Like we just basically sat on the hillside, mm-hmm. and they got little blinkers on their collars. Yeah. And just watch those blinkers, and, uh, and so we're watching. You know, we got our headlamps and stuff. And I go, dude, it looks like they're coming back down the hill towards us. Right. You know? And so I got my headlamp on, and I'm looking up the hill, and I go, oh, I, I see a dog right there. You know, I could see its eyes. And I go, I go, man, it doesn't have a blinker, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, I think that's the fox, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, so we start walking up there, and sure enough, it was a fox in the tree. And we're looking, and, and then all of a sudden, the blinkers on the dog's collars, so, you know, a little blinking light, they start showing up above where the eyes are. What? And so I'm like, what is going on here, man? Like, yeah. and and then the dogs all start treeing, you know, they got them. And I was like, oh, they got them, you know. I was like, but I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, you know. Yeah. The eyes are here and the blinkers are up above them. So we start getting up there. The brush gets too thick for us to go straight to the tree. So we had to loop around. And it turns out what happened, that fox, there was a tree that was growing, growing up the side of a cliff. Yeah. And, uh, and the fox was, the fox had jumped the cliff into the tree. Yeah. Right, so we're getting up there. We're getting ready to see the fox in the tree, and then we were probably fifty yards out, and that fox jumped out of the tree right. or, or went down the tree, and that white dog went off the cliff after. Oh, that. Man. I mean, and I and I didn't thank God I didn't see it, dude. I probably would have passed out because I I love my dog, but I I heard it. Yeah, just the flap, dude. Just and the, uh, how high are we talking? High enough where like I looked down and like my heart was pumping. You yeah. know, just like oh man, this yeah. is pretty. You know, this is a good sized cliff. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, I don't know, fifty feet. feet. It, yeah. Oh my. 50, yeah, 50, 40, 50 feet. It was far. Wasn't five. Feet, it, it was dude. far enough. <laughs> like you know, you don't. Want you got to be in the air for a while to make the sound this yeah. dog made when it hit the ground. So anyway, yeah, we just. I forgot about the, you know, the fox. We we let him go. I called the rest of the dogs back, and yeah, he stayed in the house for for a couple of weeks. He was he didn't break anything, but he he was sore. He's sore. <laughs> he was sore, man. Yeah. But now I spoiled him. Now he sneaks in the house every chance he can get. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So it comes in, you know. Yeah, dude, I I love my dogs. I think that's probably a, a common misconception. I know that there's some real assholes out there, right? Uh, you know, who don't take care of their dogs, and you know, people don't like seeing dogs that are that are lean. You know, dude, my dog is lean, bro. She a yeah, house dog, I, man. I like I like seeing lean dogs, dude. Dude, that's where they're supposed to be. These guys will do that white dog, especially. Say if the rest of these guys do 15 miles, he'll do 20. Yeah, if, if, you know, if the other dogs do. Do twenty. He's you know he he might get up there close to thirty miles in a day. Yeah, and 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 he'll still be hunting. Yeah, you know unless the heat unless heat, it gets hot, heat will tear him up for sure. Yeah, but I mean 
Yeah, the hounds are impressive, dude. They're just they're straight up predators. Yeah, that's what it, they are. It don't it, it does not matter. And and they're not just they're not like a regular dog like that like that brindle dog. He's got that pointer in him mm-hmm. and that bulldog. And he'll chase after stuff. Yeah. You know, but if it gets away, it gets away. He's like, meh. Yeah. I'm, co- I'm <laughs> coming back. Man, I'm going to come on back. The hounds are different, dude. Yeah. They're like, yeah, dude, you might have gotten away in this this second right now. I'm He's like, but I will spend the entire day searching for you. Yeah. <laughs> you, got it. you know, they're predators, man. Yeah. Check this out, man. We, we're out this morning. I got a couple pictures I'll show you when we're done. Oh, but, yeah. Dude, we're like walking into my area. Yeah. And there's cat prints, man. They're like five inches. They're like this. Oh, man, yeah. my dog sit. Like, sit. You know, yeah, and um, taking pictures to to like represent to like how big that paw is compared. My dog's seventy pounds, yeah, and like how big that paw is compared to my dog's right, paw, right. and it's tank, dude. My dog hit that track, and dude, I swear every cat track, it's like that dog is on that track, and right. she don't even know what it is. Yeah, she ain't never seen a cat. I, I had that happen with my old dog, dude, dude back it, in the day. Yeah, <laughs> same, same deal, yeah. same deal. I, I was trekking trail cameras. Yeah, and uh, it was like a foggy day, and uh, I think this is one of the only times I've ever really gotten turned around in the field. Yeah. But the fog came in, it was like 10 yards above me, mm. you know, and I was checking cameras. I saw a buck track on my boot print, and okay. it, it was pretty muddy, yeah. you know. I go, oh, shit, this buck, you know, and I, I'd only, I'd probably stepped there 30 minutes before. Yeah. I was like, this buck's right here, you know, so I, I started following the buck tracks. And uh, I eventually got to where, to where I could tell I jumped the buck, yeah. and I didn't see him mm-hmm. in the fog. You know, I could tell he took off. You hear it? So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to, I was like, I know my way back. I'm going to, I'm going to take this wash back. And I, I got in there, and it was kind of like, uh, what do you call it, the slots or cuts? You know, it was like kind of. It's a finger. Like uh, walls on both sides. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like the inside of a finger. It's yeah. And inside yeah. Of fingers. So, and I'm walking in there, and I'm like, dude, and I was like, I should be back to the road by now, you know? And I, it, it was just weird because I couldn't see the mountaintops. Right. Right. If, and if the fog saw, was so low. Right. And I was in an area I'd, I'd never really gone into before. But anyway, I, uh, so I'm walking, I'm walking through that wash, and I go, oh, here's the trail. Here's the dog's track. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I looked at it again. I go, ah, oh, that's not the dog's track, and I, it was a fresh line track. Yeah, you know, and I only had the one dog, uh, and she was lagging behind me. And I was like, yeah, you know, come on up here, Zena. And she comes, dude. She hit that freaking line track, and she was just gone. Mm-hmm. She was gone, like yelping, doing that, doing that bulldog yelp. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just just screaming on that cat track. And it took. I, I mean, I I had to sprint to catch up to her and grab a hold of her. But uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah, they there, there's so many of them out there now. It's kind of there's a ton. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the, the the cat situation. I mean, I, you guys have touched on on some of your other podcasts oh, yeah. I listen to. We we, t- we touch on. Yeah, that. found a dead head today. Yep. And he he yeah. had got wrecked by a line. His face, all Did pieces of his face yeah. were missing. And yeah, every year, you I'm, know, but see, find that's a the couple thing. of them. Like I'm good with cats being here. No doubt. I'm good with them being here. No it's doubt. just at what point does the population get managed to a sustainable level? I don't know. And this is the thing that really chaps my ass. And I know someone will probably say, oh, well, it's public knowledge. We can find out how many cats get taken by fishing game year or, or, you know, federal trapper or whatever, right? Like, I'm sure there's numbers out there. Right. I don't know where to find that. Right. It's not broadcasted. Yeah. They don't tell sportsmen and women these numbers. They probably should. Yeah. If right. they want to get that negative condon, like the, the notion of, Oh, cats are protected and none are coming out because right. a lot of people go, man, these things never get hunted. And right. the reality is, is there are, they do get taken out nuisance cats and trappers and you know, they, they yeah. do try to Road manage kill. them. Right. All that good stuff. But the thing is, is there's no fear of humans anymore. A guy right. like you with four dogs, right. Right. Could put the fear in a lot of cats, not even to kill them. Right. Just 
chase them. Let that cat smell a person. Yeah. Let that cat smell a dog that's not scared to come after it. Yeah. And let that cat know, like, hey, stay away. I mean, yeah, there's a study going on. Uh, the guy, uh, the meteor guys hunted with um, up in Idaho. I can't remember his name. Callahan. Right not Ryan, not Callahan. It's another guy. He's a biologist, okay. but he runs hounds um, for the Kalispell tribe, if I'm saying that right. But yeah, he's doing a study on hounds um, and the effect they have on cats' reaction to basically the proximity of, of people, right? right. So I, I didn't say that right. But yeah, basically, you know, if these dogs, if, if the hounds are running them, how do the cats react when right. people are around, when they hear right. people? Right. Right. And I guess they're having good results and all that stuff. Yeah, but as far as the cats here, it's – it's. Uh, I feel like we just have a pretty limited deer herd. Yes. We've got limited wild spaces. Yep. And uh, basically statewide, especially when you have the, you know, the little micro ecosystems like we have here in San Diego County yeah. where there's only so much wild space that can support – Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, deer and other animals, right? right. But, so, how many predators can you have in there? You know, so between coyote trapping, uh, bobcat hunting, which was which was just banned, uh, the ban on lion hunting, not meeting the bear quota, right? Because they outlawed hound hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that stuff. You know, and, and we could talk about it to our blue in the face. There's, yeah. there's a ton of people who've had this conversation. I, I I've heard it before. But I think I think the uh, the harsh reality for hunters is that the humane society is basically in control yeah. of of our fish and game department. One hundred percent. So so there, it, there's you know what I mean. They they just you know they're they're in the commissions. Uh, mm-hmm. They're 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 funding the organizations, and um, there's nothing they want to see more than our deer, elk, and sheep populations drop. To levels where sustainable hunting is no longer is, an option is no longer an option. Correct, because that'll be the first thing. That'll be the first thing they say. You know, while we could sit here and say, "Hey, we want to manage the animals," you know, we want to manage all the animals. Right. We want there to be enough. We want there to be enough food for the predators, and we want there to be the right number of predators right. to manage that, along with hunter opportunity. Correct. You know, and so yeah, and. This is stuff you guys know, but it's it's hard for the general public to understand. They don't understand and, it. And it's and, and then another thing is the harsh reality is, you know, not everything is a Disney movie, man. You know, it's like we're all gonna die one day. Yep. Every every animal out there is gonna die a terrible, Bible. miserable yep. death. Yes. They're either gonna get strangled to death, they're gonna have their backside eaten out by a pack of coyotes while they're alive they're gonna starve they're gonna die a heat stroke they're gonna die of thirst there's 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 not a from the second you step off this back patio on my house there is no there there is no pleasant way to die no there's not you know and 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 i'm i'm okay with that right but a lot of people aren't right so yeah and that's you know that's a hard thing to that's hard thing Hard thing to explain to the general public. Oh well, yeah, hundred percent. Especially individuals that don't even try to understand it. Like they, yeah. they, if they don't understand it or they don't try to understand it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't like resonate with them. So right. they just think we're the problem. Right. Right. You know. It, it, I mean, I try to look at it from both sides, but this is the thing. Like ultimately, at the end of the day, right? Like 
if you were to like they don't have the right to impose their will on any other free living American. You see what I'm saying? I yeah, I you don't like, tell me, man. I, I know it, but I they, was, they don't. Dude, I was telling, I was telling Brian, man, <laughs> was, on the way up here. I was literally I'm telling about Brian. About to bring that up. Yeah, dude, I was like, if our forefathers knew exactly what was going on right now, right? do you think they would have done what they did right? way back in the day to create this country? Throwing it all out the window. Dude. They would have said, oh, no, we're just going to sit back and just be, <laughs> just live life. Let it happen right. now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think would have happened back then? You tell our forefathers. I mean, and, and this is like the other side's argument. Well, you don't need to hunt. You can go to the store. Right. Well, you don't need to drink wine either. Yeah. You know? Like, you don't, you don't need to do the things that you do. Yeah. These are our I, activities. I, that I we love having do. these conversations with vegans because it's, I, I get them in a corner and I, I, <laughs> I, I got like like I I got a vegan gal uh, I work with and, and we have good conversations right mm-hmm. you know she's not she, she'll she'll take the time to listen to me yeah and I I tell her all the time like where do you think that water came from that you know that feeds all those plants that, that you like to eat you know yeah. came came from a dammed up lake yep you know came from a reservoir came from yep. and I'm like you don't know how many species went extinct. Because they put those dams up, yeah. you know, like, and the bottom line is, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into that, but the bottom line is nobody's innocent. If, if you yeah. want to do something for the environment, uh, don't have kids. And I told you, how many boys do you have? Four? I was like, man, I wonder how many animals they've eaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my, I don't have kids specifically for these reasons. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, like, a lot of issues facing our, uh, you know, country today. And right. I, I've never really necessarily wanted kids, but man, I don't think having kids right now is a good thing for me personally. So anyone wants to, yeah. hey man, have kids, do your thing. Yeah, me, I kind of fell into it. So yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. That's, that's what happens. No, I'm loving know? life though. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, dude, but, we're, I remember we did a camping trip. Uh, <laughs> Travis was there, and, and the one, our, one of our uh, neighbor uh, neighbors camping, they came over. They're they didn't know that they came to a group of all hunters. Oh yeah, and he was a vegan. <laughs> But dude, we had that full conversation with yeah. him, and we had some back straps going on the grill, and he tried it, dude. Did he? Yeah, he changed. He's like, wow. Yeah, we still talk to him every now and then. Good. But uh, yeah, dude, he loved it. I told him, dude, that that deer got taken over that ridge like right. a mile away. Right. Hundred percent yeah. organic. Hundred percent organic. He it's loved a, it, dude. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But dude, uh, back to the dogs. I mean, I'm very, I'm very interested in, in canines. Yeah. Right. Like I, I like what the human species has been able to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's rad, impressive. Right. Yeah. It's super cool. But, uh, you know, running dogs have, I mean, you've had your dogs for three years. So unless you left California, you probably haven't ran your dogs on bears. Right. I would imagine. Uh, I've gone out to Arizona and put down on one bear. So I met up with some guys out there. Is that, was that your only time doing it? Cause it's the, the only I, time. Okay. Cause my question was how, like you hunting bears with dogs, have you done it prior to owning your own dogs? But no, I'd never done it. I'd never, I, I had done a, I'd seen some hounds tree a coon once. You know, years right. ago, and that was really, uh, I don't like. I said I, I started with the blood tracking, and yeah. I was like, oh, I like this, awesome, you know. Man. Yeah, I was like, so I was like, I'm gonna get a dog that's meant for this, you know. But yeah, yeah, I put down on the one bear. It's kind of interesting. Two of the two of my hounds went. The other one saw the bear and goes, "Yep, I'm not a bear dog." He turned, oh, really? Yeah, he turned around. Mm, and I, you know, well, like a lot of people think, you know, you make your dogs do this. Right now, uh, it's like, nah, dude. Dude, they're they're too they, far they, away. I uh, they never they never smelled a bear hide. I'd never trained them on bears. There's a bear track, bear track on the road. Put the dogs down. 
all three of them took it. Right. Two of them saw it, and okay. they said, "Yeah, hell yeah." And I'm in G- give me in and give me in on this, and they stuck with that sucker for like ten miles. Tag me ten in. miles, yeah, oh, dude. Man. And and the other one goes, "Nope." And he 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 went up. They they probably saw the bear within a thousand yards. The other one, he turned around and he he came back and stuck. And with I, you. I was like, "All right, dude. Well, you're right on the back of the quad on this roller yeah. coaster." Yeah, <laughs> was, that's know? insane. Dude. So he's bouncing around and all that stuff, but. Yeah, dude. So, I, but I wasn't mad at him. I was like, "You're not a bear dog. You don't. You don't want to." I was like, "That's fine. Yeah. That's I, fine. As long, as long as you do, you know." My main thing is is running foxes around here, and um, I don't, it's not the most glorious type of hound hunting. You know, right. you're not getting you know pictures of giant bears and right. and uh, you know bait up lions on a cliff and right. and that kind of thing. But the reality is, it's <clears throat> it's probably. I don't know how many times harder, and again, I'm pretty new at this, but it's it's a lot harder to, to catch a fox yeah. than it is any either one of those. Yeah, you know, so uh, the dog work that goes into it, and the instincts the dogs have to have, uh, the nose they have to have, the trail of fox as opposed to those other ones. Um, you know, foxes don't leave much scent. Right. You know, they got little teeny paws. They're they're pretty clean animals. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not to mention we have tough conditions here. Yeah. You know, if you talk to if you talk to houndsmen, this is between it not raining, they're not being moisture to hold the scent, uh, as thick as the brush is, you know, once those things get into the brush and start running circles, it's, you know, it's pretty hard on the dogs. Right. And they got to, you know, if they don't figure out, you know, like I said earlier, when those things start corkscrewing and they start playing games with the dogs, if they don't figure it out in 10, 15 minutes, that's 10, 15 minutes that thing's been jogging away from right. the dogs. And, yeah. and really at that point, if they, we call it a lose right or or a loss you know depends who you talk to um but if they make a lose it lasts more than 10 or 15 minutes i'll just call them back oh really i go you know you guys aren't gonna catch it you just yeah it's yeah. too far i mean you guys yeah you fucked up you didn't you, yeah. you, you didn't you didn't figure it out fast enough and you know i mean it, i guess if conditions were right they could make up that ground right but for the most part out here they're never going to make up that ground yeah that's a long that's a long ways do they yeah, uh, 15 minutes. tear up their pads and all that too or do you- uh depends where we're hunting They'll, you know, they breed for tough feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously I got a lot of rock and stuff out here, so their pads are kind of used to it. But I haven't I haven't had to do a whole lot. That white dog runs hard. Um, like I said, he's my lead dog for that reason because he covers a lot of ground. He runs hard. He's got a great nose. Mm-hmm. He's real mouthy on a track. And, he'll, you know, you can age a track based off what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he covers a lot of ground, and he'll wear his pads out sometimes. You know, but I, I – you know, it's like I said, they breed for tough feet. Yeah. And I, I got to bandage them up every now and then. Uh, they, they've all definitely been on antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, you, you got quite the quite the stay here, man. You you could you can do you know a lot of callusing out here on your property. What's that? You could do a lot of callusing, like uh, getting their feet tough. Out oh here. yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. Like I, I run my dog all the time. Like people say, ah, oh, keep your dog off asphalt. Bullshit. Right. Like I run my dog on asphalt. I play fetch on yeah. asphalt with my dog. I, you Those know, same people probably trim their dog's nails. Well, right. <laughs> I go, dude. I, I, my my uh, nail trimmer is collecting dust in the garage, dude. I don't. I don't ever touch that it. thing. They don't, don't need it. it man. They run if you're much. trimming your dog's nails, man, you're you're you probably shouldn't own a dog. Correct. You're you're not running your dog, yeah. and that's the yeah. thing. Like, so many people have so many different opinions, and and you know, right and wrong way to do things. Man, if your dog's healthy and likes what it's doing, don't tell me I'm doing it wrong. Right. You know, and yeah. I, that's just kind of how it is. I mean. I mean, I, I was at Worcester one time, and I had someone tell me, get that pit bull out of here. 
Right. Fuck you. Right. You know, where's yeah. your dog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like question me. Yeah. That's like, uh, <laughs> reminds me of fly fisherman. Yeah, I'm, dude, <laughs> dude, that's what that's that, San Diego yeah, that, about, yeah. Duck hunters can be like that sometimes. Yeah, man. It's, it's all anyways. It is. But yeah. man, I, I think, uh, like hound hunting, hound hunting bears and, I didn't know anything about it, and I still don't. I just know what I've heard and kind of yeah. read sort of in Bear Hunt Magazine now. Yep, yep. It's the most efficient way of conservation. Right. You, so, like, uh, hunting over bait and running them with dogs is right. the best way for conservation of bears and, like, uh, managing 100%. population. Like, you, you tree a bear, you look at it. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might go, oh, well you know, it's kind of a bloodthirsty thing where like, then you, you, your heart pumped because it's a big bear and then right. you want to kill it instead of just killing every bear that you have an opportunity at. Right. Well, right. it's like, well, how do you know you didn't treat a sow with cubs? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so or many, the size of the bear, the size I, of it, <clears throat> a mature I, boar. I, I was showing you guys the skulls of, the, of those bears. Uh, I, I, I've killed two bears in California and, uh, the first one I killed, I thought it was small and I got up to it and it was huge. Yeah. You know? And I was like, what the heck? And then the second one I killed, I thought it was huge, and I got up to it, and it was small. Dude, I saw the, <laughs> size, I saw the size difference. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it was a small. I'm like, dude, that thing's still, still Oh, yeah, big, still do some damage. Yeah, still tear you up. But, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was honestly surprised because I, I had heard that a lot, you know, uh, from houndsmen and, and just, yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, with hunting bears with, with hounds, but yeah, just seeing that on TV or YouTube or whatever it was. And, and that, that was a lot, a lot of times that was the ground people were standing on. Like, Hey, we can judge this bear. Right. We can make it, uh, an educated decision on whether or not we want to take this bear. And if we right. don't, the bear's not harmed. Uh, the dog's got some good work in. Right. And you know, leave him for next year. Dude. And if anything, you know? if anything, you're just educating the animal. Yeah. And yeah. that's, <laughs> you know that's the mean? thing. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and and when it comes to do- running running game with dogs, uh, animals that have been run by hounds once before, if they've gotten away once, or if they've been caught and released, um, they're going to be ten times harder to catch the yeah, next time. Yeah. Uh, the dogs actually hit a track today <clears throat> that uh, I, I was pretty sure it was the same fox we'd run before, mm-hmm. and it went in the same canyon. They kind of struck it in pretty much the same area. And they made a lose, and like I said, I normally wait 10, 15 minutes before I call them off, but I was like, it was like five minutes, and I was like, you guys aren't going to catch that sucker. I, yeah. I know that one. I know, <laughs> I know that guy. That's crazy, dude. He's got to figure it out. He was in the same exact crack yeah. that he was in the last time he lost the dogs, and I was like, Funny. nah, dude, we're not that, that, we're not messing with that guy. Let's move on. That's fun stuff, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Like I've watched documentaries, and just it, I'm pretty sure it was a documentary on grizzlies, and it's like they're catching problem bears. Right. And, and what they're doing is they're given a negative experience, associate that with humans to yeah. try to deter their behaviors right. moving forward. And they use dogs. Dude, yeah. they'll they'll release them from a trap. Like seven people will sit there with beanbag guns and blast them in the ass right. as they're running right. away and they let the dogs go. <laughs> yeah. And it's working. Yeah, and it right. probably cost the state fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, dude. You know? it, it, yeah. But that's what so. I'm saying. Like they're associating and that's the thing, like I guess when you get back to like conservation and like for us conservation well for me conservation is this healthy populations of everything right and if there's not a healthy population whether declining population or an exploding population it it's bad right right and we want the healthy population yeah the problem with our predators in california is that they're exploding bear quotas haven't been hit since the bear ban right or or i'm sorry the the hound ban right and we need hounds or to be able to hunt over bait to 
effectively manage the quota that is given to us, you know, to for the take of bears with hounds or bait. And right. neither of those are available. Right. Right. So naturally, bears don't have uh, predation on them unless right. it's a bigger bear or a Mack truck with a 80-foot trailer on or 80-ton right. trailer on the back. Right. Or some motivated bow hunter. Yeah, or some yeah. motivated <laughs> bow hunter so, that, that, that's uh, in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know? So it's like without bears, we're going to – or without – the take of bears with dogs, we're going to start having more and more problem bears, especially in like Northern Los Angeles right. where they're coming off to getting in people's swimming pools and they're not associating people and garbage with negativity. They're right. associating it with this. Is a well, even lunch. people's house dogs. Yeah. 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 You know? the same thing. People, everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people got house dogs, yeah. you know, or there's at least one dog in the neighborhood who's going to smell that bear coming oh, yeah. through and make a racket. And, and who knows, you know, he's gone. It, it's gone. And the thing is, is it's like, we as a society need to be able to manage these. And uh, I think dogs are a very effective way of doing that. Yeah, 100%. You know, you got to you gotta keep these bears away. Like the problem bears, just wait till, just wait until someone gets mauled by a bear. Right. You know, like in their backyard yeah. in L.A. Right, right. You know? And then what are people, oh, they're going to say, oh, it's the coming animals. coming too. It, the, animals, the animals distressed. It's human encroachment on their right. habitat. Or that bear got pushed out by a big ass boar on the hill that said, get out of my territory and you better go find your own. Right. And then he's hungry and he needs to go somewhere. Yeah. And that's the thing with bear quotas. People, people don't understand like, Hey, fishing game knows how many, how much habitat we have. And they know, Hey, this amount of habitat can support this many bears. Right. And, uh, and that's why they set the quotas the way they do, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. And, and if you're not, if, if, if hunters aren't taking out the, the, the biggest, baddest bears in the bunch, which, yeah. you know, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah, uh, those big bad bears are just like you said, pushing the little bears out yeah. of out of that area, and then they're, they're getting themselves into trouble, and yeah. they're getting put down and and thrown in the trash can. Yeah, and that's you know? what's happening. And it's and it's like um, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. It's it's with the big bears. So if you if you if you're able to like harvest bears with dogs or bait, mm-hmm. right? You take older age classed animals right which then the people that are against it are saying oh you're just trophy hunting well really what we're doing is yeah you're taking a bigger bear out you know but you're also letting that animal get to maturity pass on its genes to keep a viable population moving forward you know like you can't bottleneck a gene pool and you know i'm not saying that that's what's going to happen right now with problem bears you know you start taking all the young bears out because typically they're going to be the younger bears that get into trouble and get offed You know, but we need to be able to manage it. If we're if we're playing God on the landscape, well, we need to manage the wildlife properly. Hundred percent. You know. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I've got a lot of frustrations with the state, but unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. In California, I only see it going one direction. Right. You know, which is unfortunate. But you know, we, we fight where you can. Join your local conservation groups and. You know, sign those ballots and petitions. Yeah. They got the petitions and stuff going around. They tried to ban bear hunting altogether yeah, this man, year. We I'm sure we that. all signed on signed that. You know, yeah. um, but again, yeah, the Humane Society is pretty powerful, and and they're, they're definitely in Sacramento. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a <laughs> yeah a healthy presence. Yeah, yeah. without so, a doubt. We we've had some uh, pretty high horsepower on this podcast before. And right? Like speak, yeah. Like, I saw something a commissioner or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Bill Gaines. Yeah, we had Bill Gaines. I might have listened to him on another podcast. Uh, oh, what's what's uh, uh, I'm having a hard time. There's a there's a handful of guys that have done it. 
Yeah. I do believe. Uh, I think Legion DIY got him on. That's it. Yeah, Andy. That's the, yeah, Andy. Andy Legion DIY. Got, yeah, yeah, I listened to that podcast. That was that was uh, really eye informative. Eye-opening. Eye-opening. And and the, the, the battle that's going on mm-hmm. up there. He, he yeah. flat out told us, dude, like, <laughs> it ain't <clears throat> safe. <laughs> Your hunting rights are in jeopardy. Right. You know, I mean, Wayne Rope or Wayne Roop. <laughs> He was, uh, man, I hung out with him for a long time. I always have a hard time saying, like, what he did. He was with CBA. Yeah, California Bowhunters Association. Oh, CBH. Right? He was with CBH. He was the president of CBH for the longest time. For, like, 10 years, I think. Yeah. And he had said, man, California hunting is going to be gone. Like, there's. Right. Like, it's going to be taken away. Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of, like, if. It's just a matter of when. And right. it's going to happen. And these guys are, like, extremely knowledgeable. Right. And, and I... I've talked to the, you know, we have a handful of platforms in San Diego that just kind of speak on issues to get it out and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and we all talk and we're all pretty all close and friends and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a prospect that we all kind of know. And the scary thing is, is like, I don't know if you know who Steve Trigoliato is. Huge, I'm yeah, sure you know, know yeah. I'm sure, huge, yeah. huge advocate, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> Big advocate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these guys aren't spring chickens. Right. And they've been around a while. And dude, they, they hold the weight. Like, they are holding the weight right now for us. Like, we all need to get involved. Yeah. We all need to do our part and say our piece. Because when when these older guys say, hey, I'm done, or, you know, you know, pass on or whatever, you know. Someone's going to have to step up. Someone has to step up, mm-hmm. and their legacies can only go so far. Right. Right? And, and with our platforms we have now, it's – I would argue that it's easier to carry on now than it was for those guys to carry it on with social media right. and yeah, the internet. The message gets out there a lot yeah, faster. That than... bear ban, yeah. when that hit, the, it, it was like... Viral. It, instantly yeah. viral. Right. Boom, and everybody that had a platform had said <clears throat> something. Right. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. We need 100%. to stay on the front, you know? Yeah. Nationwide. Yes. Yeah. Not, not not just in California. Yeah, not just in California. We all need yeah. to stick up for each other. It's I mean, we crazy. all know what we're doing, and, and like I said earlier, man, there's some parts of... Uh, hunting and fishing that aren't pretty mm-hmm. you know but there's a lot of really beautiful things going on oh yeah you know when all of us hit the woods and and are figuring stuff out and learning the landscape and and the healing and all that good stuff you know i take out the guys from the uh the warrior foundation every year nice. uh and those guys i mean they just i mean a couple of them don't miss any trips you know right. they they, they you know, we had a couple guys who were at every duck hunt that we did this year That's for those right. guys yeah, and it's you know the healing that goes on. I mean, that's kind of an extreme when it when it comes to healing. But everybody's got troubles in their life, you know. Oh, yeah, everybody's got problems, mm-hmm. and uh, being able to get outdoors, um, you know, and enjoy uh, God's creation is you know it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, and it, it does a lot. It does a lot for the mind and and the body, and yeah. and gives you a reason to stay in shape aside from taking selfies in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like. I mean, <laughs> I, I laugh when I, yeah, I see people who are like super fit. I'm like, what are you doing with that body, man? Yeah. You know, you hit the mountain, you know, mm-hmm. or people or yeah, or just whatever it is, you know, triathletes and, and all that stuff. I go, well, you guys, you guys getting ready for a sheep hunt or, or, <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah. or what's going on? <laughs> right, you know, right, like right. There, there's a, there's a whole nother level of purpose when, when you're involved in the outdoors and hunting and fishing, Yeah, you know, you're doing stuff for a reason, you know, like. Just, yeah, whatever it is. I got a, you know, I've got a truck for a reason. I got a boat for a reason. Mm-hmm. I got my dogs for a reason. Mm-hmm. I, I live out here for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, it's that whole, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it just all goes full circle. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people 
are, are missing that. They're doing stuff, but maybe they don't they don't know why. Right. You know, and I, I, I know every day I wake up, it's, you know, number one for my wife and, and now the little one. Mm-hmm. And, and and number two, it's it's to uh, it's to pay the bills so I can yeah. I can go hunting and fishing, you know, and and money for for fuel. I mean, that's why I work and and all that stuff. Yeah, man, so that's kind of why we try to help new hunters out so much to it experience is. what you know what, what we're what we also have. learning on the yeah. run. You know, yep, it is hundred percent. Uh, like uh, I I've said it. Like I think everybody should experience deer camp. Like a camp hunt right. deer hunting, yeah. right? With people maybe you do, you're not too familiar with. Yeah. Like you learn a completely different walk of life. You hear about people. You hear their stories. With you know, and some people around a campfire, a couple of beers, them they open up, and man, you hear problems that you thought you had aren't right. so big. Right. You yeah. know, like you really hear problems, yeah. and and gives you different perspective on life. And it's kind of one of those things where. You know, people have issues. They have, you know, depression. You know, I hear this shit about seasonal depression. I'm not saying it's not real. Like, people yeah. say, like, seasonal depression. They call it COVID depression. I mean, we're not meant to be indoors. Right. We're human beings. Right. We're still an animal. Yeah. Like, we're fucking animals, Right. Dude. We're not able to communicate. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when when, it, when we get out and go reset in the mountains, because yep. that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, do what you're uh, biologically designed for. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, so run down and kill stuff. Dude, hunt and gather. Yeah, if you <laughs> if you're sitting on your couch watching the view, yeah, you're not gonna be feeling <laughs> any better. Yeah, you're not feeling <laughs> right. You're just gone. Dang, you know. Talking about that, uh, I know you were saying like you got people coming from across the country to come hunt. Yep. That I forgot, already forgot the name of the duck. Cinnamon teal. Cinnamon teal. Yep. You get many people out of state coming for deer hunting. No, no, no. no. All my everybody who calls me for deer hunting, it, it's. It's either they're young guys getting into it. They've been watching Joe Rogan and Cameron Haynes. Yeah. And uh, they have no idea where to start. Right. You know. And uh, <clears throat> and then I get older guys who uh, can't do it on their own anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. You know, their hunting buddies are dead or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, guys who are new to the area. The military guys are pretty hard charging, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I get them calling me, but I, I don't really take them out much. But, yeah, I mean, really, that's. The, the new guys and, and the bow hunters, and I, I try to take out bow hunters. I, I really just want to take out the gun hunters. Um, like, just <laughs> quick story. The first bow hunter I, I ever guided, he uh, he shot four times in a day. Wow. And I, I was, like, surprised. I was like, oh, shit, I am the best guide ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know. Yeah. I mean, literally four arrows, dude, four different deer. Nice. And uh, – Missed everyone, and he missed everyone. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, missed the time of his life, I yeah. bet. He was loving, yeah, he's having dude. a blast. And then, uh, actually, the next weekend, I was talking to him, and I go, "Well, you know, I, I didn't really feel bad, but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go check out another area." And I got, I got, I have two blinds built. You know, I was like, "Why don't you come out with me?" You know, on the house, I'll, yeah. I'll you know, yeah. like I said, it was my my first trip out, and I put him in one spot, and I went to the other, and uh, and I shot a fork. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I shot a fork and I came back and when I got back he was like 200 yards away from where I told him to sit he uh, was like walking around he's like I thought I heard something over here so anyway I don't want to badmouth that guy but you know he was new he was yeah. new to bow hunting and, yeah, he's learning. and, and all that stuff but yeah dude, I, I get a lot of calls the guys who commit are, are the young motivated guys who, who want to get into it and uh, they have no idea where to start. Well, dude, because they, they probably didn't grow up hunting. They don't, you know, they don't yeah. know anyone. But see, you're that light. Right. You're that light. Yeah, building confidence Correct. is a big thing. You know, our, our success rate isn't that high. But I, I put everybody I take out on deer. Dude, this you is know? what I was just going to add to that is success, like, success is, is relative. Right. 
Like, if you take a guy out, you're like, man, we're going to go deer hunting. Yeah. Like, there's a ton of different facets in deer hunting. Like, it's not going out, pull the trigger. Right. That's not hunting. That's killing. Yeah. Right? Hunting, there's a huge, huge learning curve involved. Huge. If you were able <laughs> to go and walk a guy through, hey, dude, this is public land. Right. My neighbor could be out here and we couldn't say anything. Like, right. this is public land. This is what we have to do. And then you walk them through it. You get them up on a ridge. The sun comes up. Get them behind some glass, right? And you put that guy in glassing. Correct. If you, your eye hurt, yep. Oh, you're not glassing hard enough. I know. Right? <laughs> wait, wait till your eye hurt, buddy. Yeah. You know your eyes hurt, but that's the thing. Like you put deer in front of them through glass, something that maybe they've tried to do numerous yeah. times before and haven't been able to get like find success doing that. You just turn that guy into a hunt, a guy or gal into a hunter. Yeah. Because light bulb went off. Went off, dude. It's like yeah. your dog's on a track. Right. Yeah. They, they just whoop, and then now they're hooked. Straight yeah, and I, I get guys sending me pictures of deer they killed like a year later, two years later, yeah. three years later, and you know guys who who were first time hunters. Yeah, you know, and you know in the back of my mind I, I'm kind of like, well, you know, I I, I help plant that seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and not to you know get on myself or anything, but you know it feels good. It feels good knowing knowing I showed that guy the ropes. I put him on deer. I said, hey, this is how you find deer here. Mm-hmm. This is how you stalk them, and and I always tell guys, especially the bow hunters, I go, you just have to remember, these deer are designed not to get killed. Yeah, and if they don't make a mistake, you're not going to kill them. No, nope, you're not. And that's to. all that's to it. If they do their job, if they do everything they're designed for, if they're walking the right direction with the wind, and if they're bedded in the right direction, and if they're alert and they hear that, you know, whatever it is, you're not going to kill them. It won't happen. And sometimes that's and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to make a mistake. You know, that's why we all love the rut. Yep. Yeah. Because they're gonna they're they're more apt to make a mistake. Yep. They're making mistakes you know? daily. Yeah. Hourly, they're making exactly. mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. And I hundred percent see it. Like we, me and Brian. So obviously we don't put people on game, right? But we've had numerous people reach out to us and be like, "Thanks." Like motiv- yeah. motivation, or I picked this up in that podcast, and look what I found. They send us pictures. Right. right, and it's right. like, dude. Then they're into it. They're hitting it, dude. It, I mean, I don't know, man. It's our way of giving back. Oh uh, yeah, it's our way of giving back, dude. We don't yeah. do it like we, we both work full time. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. We don't make money on this. I dig it, dude. You know, it's it's so like by you doing your guide service, like there's a financial award into it. But I think more than anything, you probably would have a hard time sitting in front of us telling us that, like, dude, the reward from finding success for these individuals is like huge. It, it is. It's, I love it's it. The best part about yeah. it. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, it's the yeah. Best even part. duck hunters, man. Even duck hunters. I took out a lawyer this year, and it was a slow day, you know. And he was like, ah, oh, you know, he didn't think it was going to happen. And then we just had a whole flock of teal bombing on our decoys and yeah. landing the deeks. And I was, and I, just you know, spur of the moment, I I jumped out. We we're in layout blinds, and uh, I I yelled to him. I said, "Kill them all." And and so yeah, so we went banging away on these things. That's awesome. And uh, so, but yeah, you know, just at the end of the trip, he was like, "I don't." He's like, "I'm never gonna forget that, dude." Kill them all. (laughs) And it's crazy. Like that's funny to a seasoned duck hunter. You know, that's just part of the game. Right. You know, one of your buddies says something stupid and you're like, yeah. oh, that's get him. Get him. Yeah. Get him. Cut him. Whatever you want right. to say. But right. to this guy, you la- you yeah. have the lasting impression on right. that. Right. You know? Yeah. He'll never forget. That was his first time killing anything. Yeah. It's cool, man. So I think it's, I think it's probably going to come back. Yeah. It's coming back. Yeah. Oh, I get, I get return customers for sure. Dude, yeah. that's super cool. When you, uh, you generally guide on 
public land? Like uh, SoCal style, like down so, here. So, uh, semi, yeah, public access. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's public access. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that, yeah. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you if you had a, ever seen a client you've had in the past on one of your public land spots yeah. following you or two. Yeah, all the time. It yeah. Well, but they'll tell me about it. I tell most guys, I say, I, I don't care if you come back here. I was like, but just let me know if you do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm good with that. I, I used to hold, I said this earlier when you guys first got here. I, yeah. I, I used to be, uh, guarded. Pre, yeah. Pretty guarded, pretty protective over my spots. And, you know, I still give people a hard time. I, I got one buddy. I think he's still mad at me because I, I gave him a pretty hard time about sneaking into one of my quail spots this year. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Before I hunted it, I was yeah, like, yeah. I found this quail spot. I told him about. it. He's like, I'm going to your quail spot. Oh. I'm like, ah, oh, oh. come on, dude. I haven't had a chance to hunt it yet. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, anymore, I'm I'm just I'm I'm way more relaxed about it. I I, uh, I bounce around so much. Yeah. And I'm always looking for. I mean, my best spot. You know, five years ago, ten years ago, is like my, you know, Plan C yeah. now. You know, so I'm always, I'm always looking for that next best spot. Yeah, I mean, you're and, always learning. And then also, you know, what my what I'm looking for and what my favorite spot is, is always kind of changing too. You know, like I I used to look for places I could build blinds, and then I I started looking for places to put tree stands, and then, you know, everybody loves spotting and stocking. You know, minus the, minus the, uh, <laughs> yeah, minus the uh, failure of of not being able to get an arrow in something or getting winded or whatever it is. But yeah, so what I'm looking for in a spot's always changing, and so with that, I, I'm, you know, if I take somebody into one spot that's my best spot that that year, or, or depending on what time of year we're going out, and I think I'd say this is a good spot for this time of year because I got spots where I can I can go. We can go out this evening and, you know, we can go find 20 does, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. like, but there's no bucks there, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, if somebody's looking for a buck, it's like, you know, we can go down here and see deer, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's not going to be a buck. There's with no them. bucks there. Yeah. There's no bucks. So, yeah, just, uh, and they may not, I might not tell them that, you know, I'm like, this is a good spot. This is a good spot now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a few weeks down the line mm-hmm. or during archery season or whatever it is. Might not be a good spot then, or maybe yeah. the pressure in there. Well, everything, up, yeah, you know? time changes. It yeah. changes almost constantly. daily. Yeah, yeah, constantly changing. And uh, yeah, again, I know we're talking to a lot of new hunters. That's just something you gotta you gotta deal with, man. If, if, you, if I, you start going crazy because you keep trying the same thing yeah. over and over, man, you it's time to switch it up. You switch it up. This is the thing. Like I've always said, like you can find like it, there's new guys putting out. Tra- I mean, I run cam. Me and Brian run cameras year round. I know guys that do it year round. Yeah. That is, when you're on public land, the best way to find that the right time to hunt that particular spot is right. to. It takes time. You right. got to run cameras a year or two to figure it out. Yep. Two, three years. Or right. hound dogs. You or, just never well, leave the, the woods. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Trashy hound dogs will tell you where the deer are. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you, you may have does, you know, March, April, May, right. June, July, August. You have nothing but does. Right. right. And then for a guy that knows what's up, you just go, okay, well, as soon as the rut comes around, you're going to have bucks in there. Now, you may not have a bunch. Yeah. You got to be in the right time, right? you know, right time yeah. and right yeah, place. But that's like our spot. Yeah. We got a handful of spots like that. In like my deer camp, same thing. Like, dude, you can go in there in September, you're going to see spikes, fork and horn and does. Right. December it. comes around, it's dude, on fire. End of yeah. November, December, bro, and it, Tankosaurus is running around. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and But that's years 
of experience in those right. areas. And, it, and you know, you it's funny you guys that. are saying uh, the rut. Yeah, November, December, and, and this is. I talk to a lot of deer hunters, and I, I a lot of times it seems like it's news to people. But in my opinion, there's three ruts in San Diego County. Oh, I've seen oh yeah, that numerous right? times. We talk uh, about have you guys talked about this in the podcast, dude, I, dude. I've said it a million times. Yeah, it's elevation based here. Yeah, dude. Uh, Johnny, he had a video of a buck he was after, and it was, was mountain doe in September. Dude. Well, so so I work on Pendleton, okay. and so I can I can hunt Pendleton. <clears throat> I, I kind of got away from it just because uh, a lot of road hunting. Yeah. I work on the base. So I'd have to, I'd basically be driving by my office on the right, way. I don't right. know, just whatever. I had my own personal reasons. I I kind of, not to say hunting's not great on the base. It's great. Yeah, you know, I'd love that. There's good hunting, but those bucks are rutting in August. Yeah, dude. Right. So they're they're rutting in August, and those are the coastal deer. And I've got a pretty good relationship with the biologist over there. Get them on the podcast. And uh, <laughs> I think that probably could. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, they were telling me they've got three species of deer on the base. Three. There's three. Dude, that was a. So, I had a question a, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, about the species. And, and so they're doing. I don't know how in depth their studies are, but they're trying to figure out if or how much co mingling there is of the different species on the mm-hmm. base, right? Because because everybody says everybody wants the base. The guys who've been doing it forever. Like I, I grew up on the base. You know, I. Uh, I guess I didn't get into my 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 full bio, but yeah, I'm a military brat, so I. I lived on the base right. since I was 12. Okay. On Pendleton? On Pendleton. Oh, rad, dude. Yeah, dude. I was, yeah, we, me and my buddies were out there being little terrorists out in the training areas. You get the MPs chasing what, you around? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, 10 years, what did you say the statute of limitations was? 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, so, uh, yeah, so it's really interesting stuff. Uh, San Diego, you know, we've got, I think I heard something that San Diego County has the most microclimates yep. of, mm-hmm. of anywhere in the United States or something it. like that. Yeah, so, that was, yeah, so, yeah, that's right that. in line with there being different deer species. So, yeah, if I wanted to, I could be hunting the, the, the deer in the rut in August and September on Pendleton, and then I could go up to Palomar or, you know, Palomar, Julian or whatever, any of the mountainous regions, and I could be hunting deer in the rut the end of October. Mm-hmm. And then I could drop, I could drop over on the other side of the mountains, mm-hmm. getting close to the desert, and you could be hunting deer in the rut in November and December. Dude, hundred percent. Yeah. So 100%. it's, I, I honestly, yeah, that, that fascinates me, and I, it, it's elevate. I feel as if the, I know there's different species, right? Yeah. Steve Trigliato was on this podcast when I first started it, talking about kaibab deer being dropped off years ago and all this kind of crazy stuff. Is that right? Where do you say that? I didn't hear that. Cuyamaca. Cuyamaca. Oh, really? Dude, that's where you get those drop time bucks and all that kind of good really? stuff. Yeah. It's uh. just a different gene up there. You cannot hunt there, guys. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> it's a state park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go up yeah. there. And if you have 10 years <laughs> right, yeah. before you start talking about it, you know what I mean? Just uh, don't talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, there's, I think it's elevation-based. I know a guy that into September, like mid-September – to like October fifth, dude, he would kill deer every year. Yeah, every two a year, every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, I mean, he just had it locked down, and it was elevated. It was like borderline sea level, like right. almost like like you know how Pendleton has. Is he hunting fifteen? No, it's it's sixteen. It was a sixteen. Dude, but it, but you know how like Pendleton has sea level all the way to like right. 5,000 feet or whatever those peaks yeah. are, but 3,000. K Springs feet. up there. Yeah, yeah. Border the National Forest. Mm-hmm, all yep. that up there. So it's like. Pendleton ruts, like you said, end of August, first part of September. Mm-hmm. My neighbor, he was in the Marines, and dude, he was like, yeah, man, it, it's like end of August. And he's like, man, I watched a guy on a motorcycle hit a deer. Like, boom. It, and, it, and I was like, was it a buck? He goes, yeah. I was like, dude, big old swollen. He's like, yeah, man. I was like, well, they're rutting right now. That's why. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
so you'll get you'll get that coastal rut the first phase yep and then it starts to transition up like two thousand feet to four thousand feet down right. there you know what i mean like right. as that mountain grows like down south county that's all that stuff rutting in you know mid-october you yeah. know and then they start rutting that because you know on the 52 down there by miramar yeah dude those deer are it is calendar clockwork dude. what's that park right there called mission 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 Trail. trails yeah but it's like calendar clockwork dude like into september yeah Deer are getting smoked on the freeway. Yeah, like that, that's when the that's how the uh, the wardens on Pendleton know the rut started. Yeah, they're starting to get hit yeah, by cars. Roadkill. Yeah, yep. it's roadkill, yep. and and so like then it starts to transition up, and then like like you said, man, end of November, December, you you get the backside of you know Quimaca yeah. area, you get all that. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're running no, back there late season. Yeah, I, I never really thought too much. I guess maybe I did about the elevation, but I, it, it's like you know you think about the elk rut. And people are talking about the equinox and all that stuff. I don't buy that for how. I mean, I'm not a big elk hunter. I don't know. But I know that I was in 12,000 feet September 10th, handful of years ago. Yeah. Didn't hear a single bugle. Yeah. Was it hot? I mean, it was warm. Yeah. But but it was 30 degrees at night. Right. I mean, we had snow. You're probably rutting at night then. Dude, I didn't hear a single bugle. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? I I mean, I don't don't know. Somebody does. I remember you had a a post when I was uh, on my personal page. I was following you. And it was, I don't know, it was a couple of years back maybe. And uh, you posted a picture of a rear, rear end of two different deer. Yeah. And it was the blacktail and then mule deer. Right. Or alternate. They would call yeah. that one hybrid. The alternate. Or hybrid, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hunters say hybrid. Coastal hybrid. The mule, yeah. say alternate, uh, how it is on their chart. Yeah. And then this year, I'm pretty sure I, I, I mean, based off the tail, something closer to a, a desert deer, you know, a burrow deer. Bur- yeah. Where was oh, it? Just a... The little white horn buck, I still got his oh, name. Right, yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah my okay. dog, my dog's got to the skull. All right. uh. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, but yeah, white horn had a burrow deer tail. You know, that's out, crazy. out in the desert. Yeah, I basically I was like, I'm gonna kill deer in the desert in D16. And I was like, uh, like I said, I had, I only had like a day and a half to hunt. Yeah, got it done. But I, dude, I did. I went hard on the satellite scouting. Yeah, Google, I, Google Earth in it. I did. They, they were there, dude. Based off the satellite scouting, right when I got there, I was like, "Yep, right where you're supposed to be." Dude, uh, <laughs> that's cool. You know, one of the common questions is that we get, dude. We get we get questions more or less more often than not that like you can find does year round. Yeah, dude. Like bucks are, but like they can't. Bucks are gone. Right. Like, where are these deer? What's right. your What's your thought on that? Like, where do you think these deer are? They're well. First off, they're nocturnal. Well, right, right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and then outside of that, dude, the the brush here is so thick, and the canyons are deep. Mm-hmm. I think they're down in the bottom of the canyons. Yeah, they're you just know? deep. Man. They're just deep in the bottom of those canyons. I, I got a story for you. Um, I was hunting Pendleton. Uh, this was I don't know, probably seven years ago, something like that. Seven, eight years ago, I had this game plan. I was going to walk uh, one ridge line that you know it was kind of usable the marines had been hiking on it uh but the brush down below it was super thick right so i was gonna i was gonna walk this ridge line and then i was gonna drop in skip that ridge skip the next ridge and then go back up and walk up the next ridge back to my truck right so i was basically gonna check these two drainages and i had gone down all the way to the bottom of the one i had crossed in hit the bottom of this drainage and I was on all fours climbing back out to get to get over the next ridge, and I kicked the boulder. You know, maybe it was 
or whatever. It was a big rock. Right. Right. And I watched the rock roll down the hill and it hit the bottom of that, that drainage and boom, out comes this old decrepit buck. And oh, I, really? I, I had walked five, five yards past him. He didn't even Dang. move. He didn't even move. He didn't move. He was just hunkered down. He knew. He was like, the sucker's not going to see me. He knew. That's crazy. Yeah. He, that? he knew. And I, I whipped around and I dropped him. Oh, dude. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I took him back to the game warrens check station. And, you know, he was just a fork. But they were like, Jesus, like, we've never seen a deer like this. It was so old. And his teeth were gone? Teeth were gone. His antlers, he had small antlers. He had totally digressed. Yeah. He was just a crazy, white-faced. Yeah. He, he looked totally different than any deer I've ever seen. Dude, I got in deer camp, dude, I had a a tank of forky saurus dude come in on me just pan me right away blew out yeah and then out of the corner of my eye i saw another deer and he was old and decrepit I, that deer was the oldest deer i've ever seen in my life yeah his horns looked like they were busted up but they weren't right he was just degressed so much his right. face was like this modelo can right. it was white dude yeah, so yeah. some dude uh took a doe i forgot his name he took a doe in pendleton and uh they aged it it was like 10 to 15 years this doe her Solid white, dude. I believe it, man. It was they're crazy. Just old, yeah. man. Yeah. But they, yeah, I mean, once they hit a certain age, they're pretty, I mean, they're hard, harder for predators to kill because oh, they're yeah. using their wits more than their ability. They got you know. it to live. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the bucks are, they're they're in those deep, in the, dark in the canyons, man. The chaparral is, is kind of one of those places, you know, it's, it, it's just, in my opinion, I think it's the toughest terrain to hunt, you know? Oh, yeah. But. Right. For the most part, you know, if you look at a hillside and you say you're not going to walk up it, the deer probably don't want to go up it either, you know. But they'll right. those big smart bucks will get down in the bottom of those canyons and, and hunker down and wait for the sun to go down and move, you know. And then move, yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh do you do you think do you think personally, I mean, I know we kind of touched on it on the, you know, the herd and predators and stuff. Do you where do you think the state of Southern California deer herd is? I mean, you're out in the field a lot. Yeah. Um like what do you think of it? Your opinion. Uh, I think it needs some work. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of deer habitat that do- doesn't have deer in it, or maybe there's a deer here and there. Right. You know, but I cover a lot of miles and, and, um, you know, I'm constantly looking at tracks and, and whatnot, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, it needs some work. I think, yeah, predator management, doing more for the, as far as the drought, you know, mm-hmm. uh, helping the deer during the, the, the hot times of year. And, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it definitely needs some work. But you know, then again, you know, if you get into those areas where you can't hunt, the deer are doing pretty good, I guess. Um, I don't think it's I a hunting issue, though. You know, I don't think it's a hunting issue too, or either. But um, yeah, no, I definitely think it could use some work, man. I think. What are your thoughts on this, man? Because I've been talking to a lot of people about it. What do you, What do you What are your thoughts on a like? Because you know, most states are one tag. Right. Like, what do you think about California being a one st- one tag state? Yeah, that thought's crossed my mind before. Um, I don't know. I think you'd see the uh, the deer count go down quite a bit. I mean, our success rate would drop. Success rate? Yeah, you know what they say. Like ten percent of the guys are killing ninety percent of the deer. Yeah, and I, know, I I normally kill two unless yep. I got uh, you know whatever else going on. I can't punch an archery tag. Right. But the reason I bring that up is because I heard it from a, a guy that's been hunting my entire my like 30 years yeah. way wiser than i am mm-hmm. right and um you know he definitely thinks one tag could help because you got to think like the amount of pressure these deer feel right like there's something to be said about pressure on deer and how that affects them 
throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, the amount of people busting them out of beds and right. shooting at them and right. scaring the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's stuff to be said about that. But one tag, I don't think that's the, the magic bullet to, to cut the amount of deer that are yeah. taken in California by half. Yeah. I, th- I like the two tag system based on opportunity. It gives us all a lot of time to hunt. Right. I think that, you know, things- how about, how about one gun tag and one archery tag? You can't have two, two rifle tags. I like that. Or, you know, or get, or have like a, you know, or have a uh, archery tag. That's three months long. Gives right. more opportunity. Yeah. In specific areas, obviously you can't, yeah. you can't, you know, Sierra deer act differently than down here. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get a three-month archery tag up there that lasts from the end of September, you know what I mean, all the way to the end of November, some tanks are going to go down. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody be gunning for that tag. It'd be a high yeah, point. No but, but, you know, like, I think down here, Southern California specifically, I don't think being able to have two tags in the same zone would work. Right. I think, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I think... uh I think we'd be doing ourselves a favor if we said, let's look at the numbers. What do the numbers say? What, what's the science say behind that? You know, and I think, I think that's for us as hunters, and I'm not saying that's, that wouldn't be a good idea, or right. if it was a good idea, that I would oppose it just because I want to have two gun tags. Right. You know, but I, I think, again, us as hunters, it's our responsibility to say, what do the numbers say? What's the science say? Let's put our feelings aside, right. unlike the other side. Right. They, they don't care what the science says. They only use their feelings to make decisions. We've got to stick with that. I mean, that mantra of, well, you know, what, is, what does the science say? What's yeah. good for the herd? Uh, because what's good for the herd is good for the hunters. But the, the, commission, you know? the, the commission doesn't follow science. Right. It doesn't follow logic or science. So that well, science they've got their hands tied. I mean, see, I don't. Yeah, the politics. I don't know too much about. I, I maybe I'm kind of, dude, narrow minded. That I, I, I want to hear what the biologists have to say. Dude, biologists, you know? biologists don't make the seasons. Right. They recommend. They don't, they don't make many. They don't right. get to make many decisions. So, the biologists and the wardens, they got their hands tied. Right, and that's why I'm saying we're we're backwards. So right. if if they're not going to cut tag numbers. Right, because like you said, ten percent of the people kill ninety percent of the deer. Right, right. So as us as sportsmen and women, right, if we're gonna look out for our own herd, I think I could support a one tag season, like a one tag California mm-hmm. individuals only having one tag for a handful of years to right. see how that affects the herd. Right, right. I could support. Well, you that. know, you know what other hunters are gonna say? They're gonna say. Well, you give them an inch, they take a mile. You know, it's like talking gun laws. Yeah, oh, I get it. You know, I get it. But see, the thing is, is is the science is there on predators and they don't follow it. Right. Like, and let, like I said, like at the beginning of, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's like, unless there's a, an avenue to find these numbers out and put them on display for the individuals that actually give a shit, right. that like care about this situation. Cause it's not like you, it, it's in our fishing game handbook. Oh, right. this is how many bears were taken by state and federal trappers. Yeah. This is how many problem bears were taken out of the heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is how many lions were taken. They don't broadcast that information, man. Right. So we're all sitting here trying to go off of what we know or what we've heard. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, they, and they're, yeah, they, they, they kind of intentionally keep that stuff hush hush because well, right. I think it would, it would give us more ground to stand on. A hundred percent it you would. Know? And they can't, they can't lean one side or the, the other. But so I guess what I'm getting at is like, I don't think Southern California deer herds doing very well. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, I went in. I went into an area 
we went into an area today that two years ago it didn't matter when you went in there you right. were you were in deer i'm not saying one deer i right. am saying deer yeah you were always in deer there yeah and um well it, we didn't uh, see a deer today not so, that not that we didn't see sign and all that he, stuff but i think uh yeah you know in nature there's always a you know the peaks and valleys correct um and you know with predator management it's that's kind of the that's kind of the philosophy behind predator management is you want to keep those valleys from getting too low right right because it takes so long for those for those herds to recover if they recover at all right right so um yeah maybe maybe that's something you're seeing i know it's something i've seen when predator numbers pick up you know if i start seeing more coyote sign or I start seeing more lion sign in an area, you know, I definitely see the herd, the deer herd kind of spread out a little bit, you know? Um, and, you know, speaking of spreading out, you know, we were coming out of that drought uh, a couple of years ago, the deer were pretty, pretty bunched up. There right. wasn't a whole lot of water out there. Right. You know, and I even saw that shoot. I had, I had a camera, uh, some of the pictures I sent you, Brian. Yeah. Two tanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, those were deer I saw a lot on camera, and I that that one water hole I had like sixteen or seventeen bucks hitting it. Yeah, I mean it was incredible, and it was the middle of summer. Uh, some of those pictures were in velvet, you know. Yeah, and it was just it was nonstop. The deer were hitting water, but then as soon as we started getting rain, and as soon as the spring started filling up, it was like there's now you got two bucks, you know, hitting this hitting this spring you know this is a year-round spring well not so much they get smart but the 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 herd spreads out yeah you know once the water disperses you're it's going to be harder for you to find numbers of deer right you know but when the drought was going on all the deer were within two miles of that uh, of that area i was hunting right you know that spring because that spring wasn't going anywhere right you know so yeah i don't know man it's it's uh but getting back to the one tack thing yeah, dude, I just want to see the numbers, you know. Right. I'm, I'm all about the numbers. I, I, I trust our biologists and, and what they do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. But, you know, what did we kill, 250 deer last year? Something like so, that. So, I mean, you're you're low. it's like, it's you know, it's 6% on out A22. Of, out of 3,000 tags? Well, 6% out of 1,000 A22 tags, right? Yeah. So you got 60 deer coming out of that. And then you got, I think it's, just say it was 10% on six or on 16. Yeah. So that's 300 deer. Yeah. So then you then you talk to M six and then your G thirteen. So just say five hundred deer a year are coming out of the mountains. I mean, right. I think that's probably pretty pretty uh loaded. But yeah. just say five hundred a year come out of San Diego County. Yeah. Um then you gotta think about because I don't think we know exactly how many predators we actually have in San Diego County. Yeah. The they don't have a clue. Well, the, and that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying five hundred in yeah. general. Yeah. Uh, safe number. It's a, it's a safe number. And um then you got to think about the predation that takes place year round, and right. then so this is the thing too that I I wanted to actually touch on with the the breeding of does over a three month period or a four month period, how they rut three times or whatever, right? right? right. Those does don't draw fawns at the same time, right? So those predators are nonstop hammering. Yeah, like if you get they say what's a lion got up a hundred square mile territory? Yeah, he could be hitting different sides of the hill. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, it, for sure. So you got fawns dropping. You know, within a three month period, right? They're they're dropping over a three month period, dude. Those predators have nonstop food for three months. Whereas, right. like, if you go, you know, certain areas that are more, uh, you're talking like 
Serengeti stuff, or oh, but not so much Serengeti, but just a good example. The only thing I can think of is like, yeah, you go out to the Serengeti, all the animals are dropping. They're there. dropping at the same time. At, at the same time, that's right. their defense mechanism. Right. It's how let's do it all at once, and, yeah. and whoever makes it on their feet and Correct. can run, run fast in the next yep. week, we're good. They if, win. Right. Just, if, you, if you drop within two weeks, yeah, all the that's farms, an interesting. Yeah, that, it, that's a think about it because yeah. if there was put it this way if there was hypothetically speaking 10,000 fawns that dropped right in a 3 month time and how many we probably have 10,000 coyotes in San Diego County jeez that would be, that'd be I, a I tough mean, number to count yeah. i mean but dude you know what i mean They're we everywhere. probably have a shit ton and then we have foxes. yeah there's a pack in every canyon yeah. then we have bobcats then we have lions that take a deer a week right right so 10,000 fawns over a 3 month period and say 50% of them are done within the first six months. Right. Then you got 5,000 left. Right. And then you tap on predation throughout their life. And then you tap on, yeah. you know, hunters. And then you tap on roadkill, habitat, constr- or like, you know, uh, habitat Development. uh, developments and stuff right. like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Dude, they're they're on an uphill battle. Yeah. No, wild, sure. wildlife, uh, I think in general, uh, statewide is, is definitely got a... Uphill battle in front of them. Yeah, because what you know? what do they say the deer herd in San Diego is? And and Thriving. kind of yeah, just <laughs> I was gonna say a number. I I wanted to say like I couldn't tell you. I had heard I had heard that someone had said that it was like fifteen thousand deer were in San Diego. I can't even pinpoint. Mm. Maybe it was like off record with with one of our guests that we had or whatever. Yeah. But there's no effing way. Right. Fifteen thousand deer. Right. No way. Hard, that's a hard number to count. I, I wonder how they would do it. I know. Again, I got a lot of experience on the base. Right. On the base, they're actually counting deer with drones now. So or, what are they doing? Wow. The drone pilots are practicing their skills on by deer? counting the deer for the biologist. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty bitchy. That's pretty cool. I don't know what their deer herd number is exactly, but yeah. They're, so, yeah, just as far as conservation models and, and looking at all that stuff, yeah, Pendleton's doing awesome stuff uh, because they, you know, they measure their hunter effort. You know, how many hours of, hunter, how many hours of hunting did these deer feel this season? in this zone right uh so they kind of divide it up that way right. so you know basically they want a certain amount of effort in in each area of the base you know because they got the whole base fragmented up and uh and they calculate it that way and basically the better the deer herd is if they're only putting so much effort forward they're going to kill you know they're going to kill more deer that year because the herd's better but if they do the same amount of effort the next year and there's there's less deer they're going to kill a lower number, right? right? So they can kind of control the numbers that way. But uh, yeah, dude, it's an uphill battle here on D sixteen. It's nuts because you would think like there's areas of Valley Center that I'm like, man, there should be deer there, right? There's a couple hiding out. Yeah, I mean, I know they're here. I've seen them. Yeah, but they're not like you would think. Well, there's so many damn coyotes here. It's bad. I'm telling. Yeah, there's so many coyotes. It's. it's I got a whack. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't even want to say how many coyotes I've killed on my property, but I got a chicken coop. It's kind of like, I kind of feel bad. I'm baiting them in, yeah, you know. Them in, man. It's just, it is what it is. But, I mean, I think it's cool that we have guys in our community that are aware of these issues right. and aren't afraid to speak up on them. Yeah. No, I'm passionate about it, man. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah, I, I hold wildlife and the, uh, North American wildlife conservation model near and dear to my heart. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think we're all fortunate that, uh, you know, for the most part, it's, it's working, it's working on our benefit. And, uh, 
And yeah, it, it kind of irks me that there's, there's people fighting it. Yeah. Well, dude, this so. is the thing. Like to project put it, Coyote. to put it into perspective, how passionate you are. You know, like um, there's some serious car freaks out there, like muscle cars and all right. that kind of shit. Right. I'm sure if we were like, oh fuck, 91 octane. <laughs> No, no, eat my ass. You're not going <laughs> to fucking put that in your car. What the hell is wrong with you? Right. You know, they'd probably be losing their freaking mind. Right. You know that's what I mean? It, so, a great analogy. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, so that's the way I feel about it. Right, right. Like, You're not I, have, you. I have no business telling you what you can do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, pl- I'll say it that, but <laughs> that, that's just my analogy for right. half a second, you know? Right. I mean, it's, it's, kind of where it's at but dude i just think it's cool man you got a good thing going yeah you know just keep it going and be an advocate yeah no i'm I'm all for it and I, like i said i like getting new hunters out and i kind of get them started on the right foot you know yeah or on the right track or whatever um we all like yeah. to do that too do you ever uh I don't know, we'll talk off air about that kind of stuff because we do a lot of reaching out with younger hunters and yeah. trying to put them in the right direction and, and oh, help I, them out. yeah me too i it, i anybody who hits me up dude i i will information dump them yeah you know yeah, without what do you want to know? Yep. And I think all hunters should be that way. They, w- the you more know? of us out here is better. Yeah. It's kind of like um, enough analogies. We'll just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'm basically good publicity, you know, bad publicity is good publicity. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. It's like right. the more hunters we have, man, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we, we, yeah, we have hunters that give us a bad name, bad look. Right. But, dude, they're still paying into the Pittman Robinson. That's right. They're still getting after it. Maybe it was just a a, a mistake they made, whatever. Yeah. But we all need to try to coach those individuals into the right way. And yep. It's all a good thing, you know? Yeah. But listen, Blaine, we appreciate it, man. It's an hour 45. You got anything you want to add? Was that an hour 45? Yeah, man. No way. And get, Blows bro. right by. <laughs> it's cool, dude. Yeah. Well, we we'll have to do it again, man. We talk a little more detail on hunting. I got so many dang hunting stories. Oh, yeah, we want to talk about all that. A couple of stories behind those four, beyond all that yeah. taxidermy. We, we will, dude. Listen, I I tell everybody, you know, we'll get you back on, you know. Yeah. But I mean, and, and I mean it with all honesty. I'll get other people on for sure. The guys that have come on, but we, without a doubt, will get you on. I I'm very interested in your hound dog. I know we. You're yeah, I'll have to get you guys out one of these nights. Saying, it's starting to warm yeah. up. Yeah. You know, Let's do it's it, gonna, dude. It's going to be night training time. Dude, I'm all in. We're, we're the only thing is we can't can't take a gun in California when you're training right. with the hounds. That's okay. No, we're just experienced, dude. Yeah. I just want to do it. Yeah. No, it's fun. You guys will enjoy it. I think it's amazing. You hear the uh, that mountain thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> 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 well, listen, man, you got anything to add to that? You good? No, I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, having me on. and Yeah, it's been cool. Right on. Last, Brian, dude. Brian, you got anything? I'm good. You do? You Any good? more questions Stop on there? Uh, no, yeah, I think we hit them all. We, we hit all of them. We oh, hit them all pretty good. Oh, yeah. Pretty all sure. Right. Well, real quick, guys, if you guys are looking for a new set of strings, make sure you check out uh, Evan at Archery Geek Custom Strings. Make sure you take those strings down to Bruce at the Bow and Arrow Shop. Matter of fact, you can actually pick up those strings now from Bruce. Him and Evan are working together. Uh, if you're looking at uh, any new firearms, you have any firearm questions, make sure you check out Trent and Drew down at Right to Bear Arms in Alpine. And uh, Can't forget Tracer USA, yep. the lightest and fastest glassing system on the market. That's right, guys. Save some weight. That's it. Save it. Hey, man, thanks a lot, guys. Check it out.